Hello there, and welcome to the Literarily Trash Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Roseanne. I'm Vanessa. I'm Samantha. And I'm Stephanie. And we're four sisters who love to read, drink, and talk shit. If you check any of those boxes, or hell, if you're just looking for some solid entertainment, you've come to the right place. Our exclusive book club is now open to the public. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's talk some shit. Oh, and hey, listener discretion is advised. Shake it off. Shake it off, sisters. Shake it off. Shimmy the titties. Shimmy, shimmy the titties. Shimmy the titties. <laughs> Damn it, shimmy. Vanessa? I don't have any. I don't have any. Vanessa hey. doesn't have titties. But your eyebrows. I have no titties. Shimmy your eyebrows. <laughs> Is this from a movie? I don't know. What? No, it's because she just got oh. her eyebrows done. Wow. Oh. What an inattentive sister. Wow. I thought it was from a dumb Guys, movie. I have eyebrows. Look at them. Yeah, they look nice. I'm very excited about them. No, they look it great. was okay. So I do have to tell you, when you're getting it done, you you don't feel it so much as you hear it, and like you can hear it like cutting through your hair and your skin, and like it's kind of creepy. Is it not a tattoo? It is, but it's oh. like with a like a razor blade, and they just slice and mm. draw it on like with a a scalpel. I'm almost close to doing it because I've been trying to grow mine out and it's they're not coming in it's taking forever and I look like yeah honestly disgusting out here in in the wild and I need to do something about it I mean I'm looking at them right now and they don't look disgusting they look quite large and perfect to me no like all this is like growing in but it's like like it looks like oh wow lady you need to get your eyebrows waxed like that's what I look like Oh, mine are terrible. Mm-hmm. I every time we talk about eyebrows, all I can think about is you guys holding me down at Uncle Franny's cabin and plucking my eyebrows for the first time. It had to take in at least what an hour, at least an Correction, hour. Correction, yeah. your unibrow. They were, they were atrocious. You must say it was <laughs> they a were unibrow. Atrocious. There was a lot happening. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot. Well, guys, Stephanie. if it if it makes you happy, they're atrocious again. I've let them go. You can't tell, oh. you know, in the recording, and I bet they look fabulous in the recording. But up close, I am a hairy monster. I, b- I believe it. I'm sure you take your word for it. <laughs> Something tells you that's not shocking to you guys. Something tells me Greg <laughs> is a very interesting character. I'm barefoot he and dirty. Is. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I know. I, I warned Brett. I was like, we have chickens. We're going to have a farm. I was like, you watch out. I'm going to become Stephanie. <laughs> I was like, and he was like, oh, God. <laughs> he bought you every pair of boots. Abort. Man. Abort. <laughs> Just the other day, I was barefoot because it was too muddy for me to wear my Crocs outside. They got real muddy real quick, so I was barefoot. And I could literally – I mean, mud was coming up between Ew. my toes. But that feels Bo, good, yeah? I, it felt good. I had, it's Ew. called grounding. And no, hey, it's called grounding. I hate it. Yeah, on some moss, something nice and cushy, no, not mud. It. <laughs> mud. No. It's like no. it's like stepping into like mushy lake water. Like when you step in, your foot yeah. sinks into it. Oh, God. And then you it's squish like, your toes in I it hate it so like... much. It makes me – Sick to my stomach. It's disgusting. I hate it. Need it like a cat. Both thought it was poop coming off of my feet when I was. He we got in the in the shower and I stuck my feet in there and he was like and he started screaming because he gets scared when every time he poops in the shower and I'm like, hey guy, don't then you know if it scares you, don't. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> How often does he poop she in said, the shower? Every time he poops in the shower. <laughs> it's not often, but it it's it 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 like you know. It scares. Why him. does it scare him? 
he's a sensitive soul. He's little. <laughs> Vanessa, if you've never had a poop that scared you? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. No. Not that I can Ooh. think of. No. I have. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, we my know. <laughs> Sounds like a great way to start off the podcast. The poop <laughs> yeah, story. You don't need to know about the opioid the opioid baby show. The opioid crisis. <laughs> it was. Indeed, you know. it was. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys. Look at us. We did it. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, Let's I say we it. did it. We'll find out if we actually release this one. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we're doing it. Yeah. Positive so vibes cheers. out there that we will. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And let's kick it off to the Literarily Trashed podcast. Yes. Hmm. Cheers. You guys think you're all cool with your wine? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to stand alone with my vodka. I have a golden grape glass. So that cup you have. Can you guys um, see this? Oh, it's a little mushroom top. That's cool. Haley bought it for me. Isn't it cute? Mm-hmm. Looks like a dick. I mean, a little bit. Look at it. Hold on. Housekeeping rules. Um, there's going to be some profanity here. Mm. Mm. There's going to be some profanity. We're going to be a little crass. Um... I, I, the dick reminded me, um, the dick you stick in your wine. Um, yeah, no, this is a vulgar podcast for vulgar women. Just the tip. Um, <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> it's just the tip. I'm sure mom's already mad at us. So mom, we love you. Thanks for being here. Please get out of the podcast. We don't need you listening to this because it's going to get, um, um, with this story, is it going to get bad? I don't know. We'll see if we can come up with some logic. Oh, we'll find a way yeah, to make it's it bad. Gonna, it's going yeah, to. It is. It's going to. Yeah. we got to so talk about Enzo, guys. Right? Ooh. I can't wait. Listener discretion is advised. Um, and there's going to be some spoilers. Obviously, I mean, you can't really review a book without talking about spoilers. Um, we're going to come in strong with the spoilers right away. Get them out. So there, if, if you haven't read the book, uh, what the fuck are you doing here? Honestly. <laughs> For real. Come back after you've read it. But for real though. Yeah. Like if you haven't read the book, it's time to leave the podcast and come back after you've read it. And with that, yeah, let's yeah. get into the book. Do it, Rose. Um, so we chose The Housemaid by Frida McFadden. And we actually are gonna um review both of her books, one and two. So we got the housemaid and the housemaid secret, but we're gonna start with one, go through it, and then go through the other one. So if you haven't read both of them, then get the fuck out and come back later. Mm-hmm. So let's hit The Housemaid. Let's get into it. All right. Um, I would like to share. Samson. Sh- <laughs> Samson. Samson. Have- what about Samson? Well, I'm noticing her name is Samson on the. I just oh, now yeah. noticed it for the very first time. Like Samson. <laughs> How, how have I not been paying attention to everyone's – so for people listening on our thing, we're able to look at each other and, and have a video, and we each label ourselves. Obviously, Steph and I just used our names because we're normal, and Roseanne is that bitch, for those that don't know, and Samantha has gone with a new name, Samson. <laughs> That's the, the nickname <laughs> that Quentin gave me. Yes. <laughs> Actually, Stephanie usually labels herself as the funny one um, because during our – um, pilot episodes we let our friends listen to um all the bitches actually said that she was funnier funnier than me which i, I mean it's really between me and her who's the funniest and um no offense guys but, oh, but samson to the sidelines even my own husband said stephanie was funnier than me so i'll, I'll give her that crown hey, in the challenge, meantime i'll be that accepted. bitch though yeah good luck sam <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Stephanie, tell us what The Housemaid's about. The Housemaid is about a woman with a sketchy past who becomes a housemaid for a family. The husband seems like the perfect guy. He's hot, doting, successful, while the wife is a nut job. She's dressed impeccably but sloppy. She's overweight, which, guys, is that a con? But okay. <laughs> she trashes the house, but all is not what it seems. Is this where we do some music? Dun, 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 dun. Let's okay, dive well, into the main weird. character, Millie. <laughs> Millie's the maid. Let's get into her. All right. So um, Millie's one of the main characters, and she's actually in both books. Um, she is from Brooklyn, New York. She's just got a super thick accent. You don't necessarily know that unless you have voices in your head, like some people, or if you've listened to the <laughs> audiobook, she's got a very thick accent. Um, important to know about Millie is that she was actually in prison. She was incarcerated when she was 17 years old um, for, I guess we won't get super deep into that, but basically for saving a friend who was in a, who was in a bind. Um, which kind of follows her around through the rest of the story, which we'll get into. We've also got Enzo, who is the gardener. Um, he mm. is the hot Italian. I think about Mario Enzo. when I think about Mario with the pizza yeah. and Luigi. Like, that's what I think about. When I think about. <laughs> oh, oh, Mario Brothers? You, as hot? As hot? Wrong. Oh, no. you, you just but said? The, but, okay. So, again, I listened to the audiobook. So, that's where his voice is very, like, Luigi yes. and Mario. Like, oh. <laughs> Um, but Enzo, Bella. yes, Enzo is the hot gardener. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get into him too. Okay. And then also, two of the main characters we want to talk about as well is uh, Mrs. Winchester, who is Nina. Um, she is a fake blonde, uh, wears only white clothing. We talked about her some in the main book description. Uh, she's sloppy. Um, she she may be a little overweight, but it suits her well. Uh, she is a bit, bit flaky, <laughs> also a jealous type, which is kind of the I'll call I'll call it kind of the first ver- version of Nina. Um, there is a second mm-hmm. version of Nina, which we'll get into later. And then they're also the other main character is going to be Andrew, Mr. Winchester, also known as Andy. He's a wealthy, um, coming to family money through a family law firm. Very well off, very well known. Um, seems like a doting husband, a loving father, which there is also another version of Andy, which we'll get into as well, who's the sadistic uh, asshole. Nice. Sadistic fuck is a good way of describing him. Sadistic fuck, I think. I like it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear who Razam picks for these guys, <laughs> right? I hope I did you guys well. I'm a little nervous. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I bet I can guess who she picks for Andrew. <laughs> I, I got to know who is Enzo. <laughs> we'll get into that. Can we? And you're going to have to get your Google on a job because I know you bitches aren't going to know. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's let's talk about what actually happens in the story because it it's. Oh, Samantha mentioned, or Samson, excuse me, mentions that each of these characters has like their intro version, the Winchesters do, right? So there's a whole massive plot twist, like a part two of this whole book where you think something is happening and then it completely shifts into a totally different mindset. So plot twist, dun, 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 dun. This is where you play the music, Samantha, Stephanie. You have to look like some kind of a rat, whatever you're doing. (laughs) If only you could see the video. I'm going to release a clip. Okay, so um, plot twist. Um, Steph, do do you want to talk to us about that? No, do it, Vanessa. Hit us with the twist. All right, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, So plot twist is that actually the whole time you're in this story, you think that Nina, or 
the sloppy woman is super hateful throughout the first half of the book. She is hating on Millie. She picks on her. She's super jealous. She thinks that she's out to take her husband. She sets her up for failure in a lot of moments to try and like pin her as this really bad character. And it actually turns out that in the end, she specifically targeted Millie to use her as hopefully a new target as per se for Andy, AKA the psychopath path, or as Stephanie calls him, the sadistic fuck who actually likes to lock his women up in an attic and punish them for various crimes, like not dyeing your hair in a timely manner, or um, uh, not wearing the appropriate color of white. Uh, leaving leaving the lights on at all times. Leaving mm-hmm. the lights on in the house, so then she's forced a book. to have these extremely yeah. bright lights on. Yeah, there's he mm-hmm. does a lot of crazy stuff, and she keeps her locked in the attic. He gives her a little mini fridge, which has three very tiny water bottles in it that she must like scavenge and use throughout that whole time period and then he keeps her locked up there for a couple days at a time um he even went so far as to convincing people that she was a complete and total nut job as we think that she is throughout the first half Mm -hmm. of the book um and gets her put in like a a mental institute right so like her best Mm -hmm. friend even turns on her and gets her um admitted for a while which is super messed up yeah so Mrs. Winchester finds herself a Millie to take her place. And that is ultimately the big twist of the book is that this whole time we think that Nina is this crazy woman. And in reality, she has 100% planned this mastermind to create this like whole other girl to replace her so that he wants to trap her in the attic and she gets to go free with her daughter and leave, which is kind of an interesting Mm -hmm. run. But I think there's even more of a plot twist. Well, yeah, because the whole the whole premise behind Andy and Mr. Winchester. If you listen to the audiobook, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> it does. They do a, um, it does. <laughs> they, they do a, a, dare I say, horrible New York accent for Millie in the book. It was almost painful to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, Mr. Winchester, um, he basically, what he does is it traps Nina in their marriage by making it so that if she leaves, he just has her painted as someone, a psycho, after he first locked her up in the closet, in the attic room, um, when he finally let her out, after she pulled out 100 of her own hairs, with the roots still attached. Actually, with the roots. 200. With the roots. 200, because he made her do it twice. Um, after he brought her down from the attic, he had drugged her, so she was asleep, and then drugged her daughter, her little baby- and made it seem as if Nina had attempted to drown her daughter, which put her in the mental hospital um, and kind of set up this this story that he had where Nina was this, you know, unreliable. She was unhinged, mentally unstable woman. Um, and he was, you know, the poor man attached to her. Um, so he really he painted this really great. I mean, Good job, Andy. It's brilliant. You know, it's in, brilliant. In terms yeah, of being a brilliant. psycho, like a round of applause yeah. because he did he did well. There was a couple times, you know, as I'm reading the book, I'm like, come on, Nina, like surely you could get out. But Frida, when she wrote the book, she she tied it up pretty well. She, you know, every time I thought, mm-hmm. why don't you just, you know, she had a reason for why she couldn't. There was a mm-hmm. prenup. There was, you know, the, the mental institute issues. And, you know, he did a really good job, uh, you know, pinning Nina down. Yeah, and I think it's important when we talk about 
the way this plot twist came about was the way that she writes her books is she writes a part one and a part two. So really the, the very first intro to the book is, is Nina talking and she's talking about being arrested. There's a dead body upstairs. So it immediately gets your interest. And you're like, what the heck happened? Like, what's going on? And then she starts the first part of the book with Millie, with her version of things, where she sees things, her coming into the house, meeting Nina for the first time, who's like this, you know, honestly, just uppity bitch who wants everything perfect, who blames her for everything, um, who doesn't seem to be taking care of herself. But Andrew is super obsessed with her. Millie's like, why? Like, I don't understand, but like, he's so attractive. He's so good with his family. You know, what's going on? And then she goes into that second part where then you see the other side of it, which is Nina's version of it, which is how Nina really is, which she actually, you know, crazy enough, you see her as this uppity bitch, but really where she came from was, was humble background. She was a single mom, you know, had, had a kid out of wedlock. And, and I don't think, I don't think she got with the dad. I can't remember exactly how that part came about, but she She raised her kid herself. Yeah. Um, Meets Andy actually, when she's a receptionist at the law firm that, that he owns, his family is owned. Um, and that's how he pulls her in. You know, she's like this, you know, she thinks he's this wonderful man and he just, why does he want me? I've got this young kid. So it really sucks her in. And then that's the plot twist is that's not at all. You know, Nina's actually awesome. She's not at all like that. She's strong. She's actually come up with a really cool idea. Not cool idea. Let me back up. Not cool idea, but different idea. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Damn, idea. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's so awesome. <laughs> Um, but comes up with this idea of how to get out of it, you know, in, in the meantime, you know, Andy is like this sadistic bastard. Um, so really, I think the way that she wrote the story too was really where I was like, oh, when it got to the second part, like, oh, okay, this is much different than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a love story. Like, honestly, I'm like Cinderella bullshit is what I thought it was going to be. And it was not. So I'm glad it got a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I actually thought it was interesting that she, um, she so like the beginning she talks about her as like this single mom who has like when she meets him for the first time she's newly breastfeeding and like she's just eager to get home to her kids you like learn about this woman who's really a truly wonderful mother but in the the version that you hear from Millie it sounds like she's not like she sounds like a really bad mom she doesn't know what school she goes to she doesn't remember where she's at she doesn't like mm-hmm. pay attention to any of her aftercare programs but in the beginning like you or really, I guess in version two, you hear about how truly obsessed she is with her child and how much she wishes she could do for her daughter to take, so make sure that Andy never turns his attention on her, how she tries her best to do whatever she can to make sure she's always the target of his bad um, love or affection that he offers. And like, they talk about how she was breastfeeding and like at the beginning when he first meets her and she's like leaking and I immediately... We're all moms, right? So we know. So like, you know that sensation you get when like right before that shit happens and you look down, you're like, oh my God. And it's absolutely, I actually feel like I felt that when she was describing it. I was like, kind of like, I don't know, grabbing my nipples. Like, oh shit, am I going <laughs> to mm-hmm. like, oh, ooh. <laughs> like you feel Literally it. Literally crashed like after dark. Gonna... <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. But like, you know, I need to like get a napkin and like cover that shit. Cause like, wow. that's, you actually Hell yeah. Get a napkin. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, it just, then what'd you do? Well, side note: if somebody's like really interested in you after you leak milk everywhere, like there's something wrong with them. So, like, just <laughs> yeah. the fact that he's like, "Hey, Thank girl," you. that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, here she is. She's got, and she, yeah. Let's go get a hot dog. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. Well, can I just say, I I was a little bored with this book. 
The first one or the second one? The first one. I didn't like it. Wait. I was like, oh, here we go again. Same old, um, same old plot. You know, here comes a wife trying to dress someone else to take over her spot. I just felt like it was a, um, I did like Millie. Okay. Let me just start by saying I liked Millie. I thought she was funny. Um, just a real quick funny thing. I liked how she kept speaking Spanish to the Italian gardener. That made me laugh. (laughs) Um, but you know, with the whole thing with, um, Nina got giving her a bag of clothes, um, old clothes. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, she's obviously going to, she's going to wear them and her, she's going to catch her husband's eye. Like, I feel like that was a little like, Oh, I've read this before. So um, I'm not going to be very vocal about this book. So I'm going to let you guys have this one. Um, I don't have too much to say about the characters. I kind of thought they were um, really kind of like been there, done that, honestly. And that's a little bit of my review as well. I mean, I'll I'll get a little further into that. Flat for you. Yeah. Like, honestly, after part one, I was bored with the book because I I knew how um, Nina must have already known Miller would be cool living in an attic because obviously who the fuck a regular person wants to live in an attic. So she must have known she was like super poor living in her car. She must have known that. Well, yeah. Um, did, well, I know, a, but a like, private but that's normal. Back in the day, that was like, that's normal for like the, the hired help to live in like not as great living quarters. Like that's a normal uppity well, It's like 2023 20, though. In society. It doesn't matter. This bitch doesn't follow the same rules as everybody else. She still wears only white, for Christ's sake, after Labor Day, which is that even a thing anymore? I'm not sure. But, but we know why she wears but, only white is because she's mimicking Andrew's mom, right? Andy's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always in all white. Because he wanted her to, right? Yeah. Because he wanted her to. Yeah. 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 It was one of his rules, mm-hmm. which we didn't even talk about that. The other thing about the clothing situation outside of forcing her to only wear white, which Millie thinks is super like weird and mm-hmm. makes her seem more uppity the fact that she can't like she must only wear white because she never gets dirty and she changes her outfit five times a day but that's because he forces her to and then you also realize that he's forcing her daughter cecilia which is like she nine i think nine ten um to wear like the crazy frilly like baby doll outfits all mm-hmm. the time um and okay so she describes the daughter for a minute like about this scary little creature and the first thing i thought was did anyone else think of children of the corn was that the yeah. movie that came to your guys's head okay all right so i was making i think she even head, said she she um, references it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i think she even said if this is the part of the movie i found out the kid is dead i'm out of here like the kid's a ghost or something <laughs> like i'm out of here yeah. yeah i imagine her just like a bowl cut like super short bangs like just weird and I, sadly, okay. I didn't pick out a character for her, so sorry. <laughs> so when before we started reading this book, I was in one of the Facebook groups. I think it was like the psychological thriller reads or whatever. And someone made a post. I actually had to stop following the page while we read this book because it was such a popular book in that group. Because I think Frida herself is popular and like she she regularly contributes. Anyways, um, somebody posted a picture of like something their daughter had done for them. She like put water bottles in the mini fridge in their room. And she was like alluding to the book. I saw that. And so the whole time I thought for sure, creepy little Cecilia was going to lock her up. And like, I was like, Oh, they're, they're giving away spoilers. Like I unfollowed the group and was like, okay, Cecilia is definitely. So the whole time I'm reading this book, I'm waiting for Cecilia to turn out to be a creeper, like to be like some freaky, like 
little weird kid who locks her in there and I don't know, tortures her family. Yeah, I did too, actually. I did Boy, too. was I surprised. <laughs> right? Me too. I was like, they don't even talk about her that much. Like, Right? And I was like, damn, yeah. she's about to come out of nowhere and just... <laughs> Yeah. I thought that they were all in on it and like because they were talking about trying to have a kid. So I thought the whole thing <gasps> behind it was that they were going to lock her in and treat her like a handmaid. Like the Fuck, that would have been she, good. that's where my Ooh. head went was she's about to become the handmaid of the family to give them another baby. That's what I was thinking was happening. So my head did not go anywhere under near his where eye automatically mm-hmm. went to. Yeah, under his eye, a hundred percent is what I thought was happening. Mm. Hmm. That would have been good, Frida. You missed it. That would have been good. It's already I mean, been done, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole book in series. <laughs> Can we talk about Enzo for five seconds? We should. Um, yeah. Let's talk he, about Zaddy. Roseanne, would you like to talk about Enzo? <laughs> such a Zaddy. Do you want Vanessa's um, napkin with her titty milk on it? I do not. <laughs> um, he might. Look. He was into Nina, just so everyone knows. Oh, wait, yeah. So wasn't that was weird, he? too? Yes. Yeah. He, they he, had sex. He was into Nina. Yeah. yeah. I think he was like, he he was with Nina, but then he really wanted to be with Millie, is what I feel like happened, right? Wait, I don't remember that. He was with her way before Millie came into the equation. Because he was wrong. with her, like, wrong. Sure? I'm, I'm positive. Remember. I just reread it. Sure. Yeah. All right, hold on. Let, let's back up. Let's Damn. talk about Enzo. Then we're going to so talk about wrong. Honestly, um, I think yeah, I zoned no. out after part one. So like I said, I'm not the best with – after part one, I was like, this Damn book is dumb. I just finished it just to finish it. So so Enzo is – he's the gardener for the Winchesters. Um, and he is this – basically, he's described as just a really hot Italian guy with big muscles, dark, brooding eyes. And as far as Millie knows, in the beginning of the book, he does not speak English. He only, you know, can speak Italian. So there's a language barrier. He does try to warn Millie when she first gets there. He tells her, pericola or whatever, um, that it's dangerous. So he tried to give her little snippets. We later do find out that Enzo speaks perfectly fine English, that he um, was at this point when he meets Millie in the beginning of the book, he was aware of the situation. He knew that Andy Winchester was a psycho. He knew that Nina had been tortured, and he knew that Nina had a plot to get out of the marriage by using Millie. So he was totally in the know. Um, and yeah, he banged Nina. That's I feel like those are the two main. That's points. it. <laughs> That's it. It's the most important part of the whole thing. He always um, he always knows a guy though too. I like. Yeah, I like that's that my favorite quote. part about him. I know a guy. That's he knows a guy who can do something to help you out. It's nice to know. So is he like a prey? On damsels in distress, can we, like, is he? Ooh. Because he seems a to be, like, a savior of all of these, <laughs> yeah, of all of these women, but he also, like, scoops in to, like, be with all of these women. <laughs> well, well, same. So I don't know. I, I feel like Enzo's a mystery to me. Like, you know, like, yeah, he's a muscly guy. He knows landscaping. Yeah, he bangs people. Like, that's what you kind of, he's loyal. You know, it's kind of what you know. Um, but but really, you don't, I, I feel like you kind of know about his sister, but it's only what he tells you. So I still right. feel like I don't really know who Enzo is. Like, there was actually a point in the book where I was like, is Enzo the bad guy? Like, I was like, he's going to be the bad guy. Like, he's going to be the one who like did it all. Fair. That's going to be the plot twist is going to be Enzo. Um, just because I feel like he's kind of a mystery. You don't know a ton about him. Mm-hmm. So even into the second He book. does seem, well, you, you can tell he's a main character, but you also don't know what his point is. You're like, why yeah. is the gardener like, you know? Yeah. He she didn't make in. him have a point except to be hot. I will say, well, so the, the scene point. when, <clears throat> the scene when Millie tries to seduce Enzo 
in the dining room when he carries in the box for her. The first thing I thought of was like, damn, like you're going to try to seduce this guy right now. Like, have you prepped? Like, are you, do you think you're ready? Like to have sex right this second with a stranger? Like, did you prepare this prison. morning? Yeah. That did you take a, like a decent shower? Like <laughs> more importantly, did he take a yourself? decent shower? He's always sweaty and working outside. <laughs> We're going to well, do it right. Well, let's second. put like, it in perspective. For for uh okay. for uh Wilhelmina is that her name Wilhelmina is actually mm-hmm. what her full name is this is Millie so she got in prison at seventeen she did fool around in high school but she hasn't really had a relationship so she's just like horny as fuck right is that not what it is like she's like at the kitchen now muscly let's do it yeah like, that's what she's thinking me like. over. <laughs> we didn't actually talk about why she's in prison so she goes to prison because she walks in on somebody like raping her friend. So she beats this guy with a paperweight. Can we just talk about the energy you have to have to beat somebody with a paperweight and kill them? Yeah. So she's kind of more badass than I think we give her credit for. Because that takes I mean, a totally. special kind of anger and a special kind of like fucked up to be able to physically beat somebody to death with a paperweight. Well, right. So that's why she went to prison. But she has a history of basically fighting back against abusive men. I mean, she had... Um, there was the the teacher who, you know, kind of like made moves on her. So she slashed his tires. Like she got fired from her waitress job because the someone made, I can't remember if he touched her, just made inappropriate comments. So she punched him in the nose. Like she has a history of fighting back against abusive men, which again is why she was perfect for Nina's plan. She, she, Nina's, Nina not only wanted a replacement, but she was really hoping that Millie would kill her husband. And that was one of my my questions, actually. Do you guys think that that was what Nina thought she was going to do? Was that she was going to kill him or that she was just going to like not put up with this shit? Like, I was curious. She she says in the book, her perspective, she, 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 yeah, yeah. she said in her perspective that she, you know, she she at first had hired her to replace her. But then she thought when she found out her history after a private investigator, she was like, yeah, you're going to kill my husband for me. Mm -hmm. She leaves that can of mace in the piss bucket Mm -hmm. for her. That's right. Mm-hmm. Upstairs. Gives her the key to her room. Yeah. That's right. Plants yeah. it all out. Yeah. So she sets it up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Millie played right into her hands, huh? She wanted that. And then that. we find out at the very, very Wait. end of the book. What? I was going to go into how about did, Andrew's mom. Not ready. Him? That's the thing. But like, how did she kill him? That We didn't even talk about that because <clears throat> he does officially lock her in the attic and make her do stuff. But like. We didn't talk about what she makes him do after oh, yeah. for his punishment of locking people up, which is, like I said, again, she's a special kind of fucked up that you don't really know about in her sweet little old Millie self of, I'm just out to save people. Mm-hmm. But well, she's kind of fucked up. Well, it, it, let's back up a little bit. So Andy, he, you know, he, he marries Nina. Okay, let's back up quite a bit. So he marries Nina. Nina doesn't know he's a psycho till she marries him. So he ends up locking her. Like she thinks that he accidentally closes her in the attic upstairs and he ends up uh, locking her in there and then making her do sadistic things like pulling her hair out. I think he leaves lights on, like blasting her, all kinds of crazy things. He's just a sadistic sadistic asshole. Um, And then she brings Millie in to kind of take her place um, and take care of that side of things. And I just feel like we didn't give enough context to what Andy did so that you kind mm-hmm. of know, and not that it, because Millie doesn't necessarily know everything that that Andy mm-hmm. does, but he is a sadistic asshole. So he deserves everything he gets. I feel like it should be in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that he does literally torture Nina. And if she's not perfect, 
then then he tortures her, locks her in a room, takes her away from her daughter. Um, and her daughter isn't necessarily torture, but she lives with not knowing her mom, sir. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, so when, you know, when Millie, I don't even know that Millie actually finds out what all he did to Nina, but with Millie at some point, she's, she's, you know, sucked in by Andy because he's this whole charismatic guy. He makes it seem like Nina's a psycho, like he's a savior and, and Millie ends up being attracted to him. Um, and that's when she gets suckered in and, and, you know, I'll let you get into the part Vanessa of what she does or Rosie, what she does, but that kind of leads up to, you know, her getting stuck upstairs in the attic and why that all happens and why that all makes sense. Um, it's because that's just been a repetitive behavior for Andy. You know, Nina's, Nina hired in Millie to replace her. Millie gets stuck in the attic and then Millie, you know, does exactly what Nina expected her to do. And which was what happens is she, she leaves books out on a table after he seduces her and makes her like his new woman of the house. She reads a couple of his books and leaves them on the coffee table. This is Millie. And, um, he later like, um, so she thinks that she's going to go up to his room or to her attic and get all her crap out and move to the downstairs. She's all irritated that Nina's like still owning this place and she's going to come in and take like, first of all, can we just, I need to pause for a second. Millie totally went from being this sweet little innocent, whatever to becoming like this. This is my house. Now I'm going to take and like, which is kind of like creepy about her personality too. I hated that mm-hmm. about her. I hated that she switched gears so quick and became this very like, mean and domineering person as if she was being protective of Andy almost, but at the same time over her stake and like where she belonged in the house, which I thought was very territorial and creepy, but whatever. Um, Before you move so on, hang goes, on, there was a, yeah. I, I think we need to mention Andy says he's going to divorce Nina. We haven't even mentioned that. That's how yeah. Millie ends up being the woman of the house that, uh, you know, Andy says he's done with Nina and she's, uh, and he asked her to leave and Millie in her, kind way ask nina if she needs help packing oh yeah to leave the house (laughs) yeah i made a note when i was reading that i was like really really millie do you think she was gonna say yes like yes please come help me pack my things so you can then sleep with my husband like yeah 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 yeah. millie millie there was a flip yeah where it just became um i did not like i didn't like in this instance well because nina was really awful to her y'all she was like fuck you let's get out of here she left a bloody tampon on the floor do y'all remember that part Nina? She could have oh, quit. Yeah. She could have quit. No, she I'm couldn't. Sorry, she, she was could forced fuck. Yes, yeah, she could. She had no. no she she was going to sleep not... in her car. I mean, I guess she could have. Yes, there there was two sides of, of she it. Quit. Yeah, she. I guess she could have. But yeah, but then she would have. Slept I mean, if in it was car. that bad, she could she could have quit. But you know, Millie was straight up living in her car before she took this job. She didn't have a place to live. She was evicted. She didn't have a job. She was still on parole. And at any given moment, she could have been put back in prison for not having a job and for being evicted. Um, either one of those, and for lying to her parole officer. So. Um, you know, Millie was on thin ice, which is again, how Andy ends up thinking he's going to control Millie. Um, he thinks because she's on thin ice with her criminal history that he's going to get a leg up on her. Um, I'll but, let you continue, Vanessa. Oh, well, I was going to say, but, has something to well, say. cause I don't, I, your comment you made about, about Andy taking control of Millie. He didn't necessarily know. I, I again, I don't, I don't know. He didn't know that she was incarcerated and had kind of that background until Nina told him. I think as it was kind of ending, right? Like it was nearing the end is whenever he told her. Yeah, that is true. Um, so he was interested in Millie, was developing a fling with her, and then finds out she's, you know, from Nina that she was in prison. Okay. Which, which I find interesting at a moment because he even asks, what did you do? You know what? Never mind. I don't want to know. So I, for someone so 
smart and conniving and enough to like mastermind this plan to manipulate the shit out of his wife and then a future woman to be locked in his attic. How the fuck do you not do your research or a background check on who the hell is in your house and who you're about to kidnap? Like, really? That that seems odd to me. That part was, oop, pothole. That pothole, was, yes. That to me was a pothole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this guy had to have been smarter than that. So I felt like mm. that was a little missing. Um, but anyway, so what were you asking me? <laughs> How does Millie <laughs> kill Mr. Winchester? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Winchester. So he, he, she leaves books out on a coffee table and her penance for that is one, to get locked up in the attic after he fucks her on her cot. Leaves her locked up in there, which he also has a camera in there and he's been watching her this whole for time. a long time. <laughs> the whole time. Been watching her on HD on his phone. Um, he locks her up there. And at first she thinks it's a joke until she kind of starts to realize what's happening. He has placed these three books, which are like how to torture somebody and like confinement in small space or something like that. These really big, huge, thick novels that he has specifically picked out that are left in the room for her. And her penance is that she has to lay down and put these big ass heavy books on her body, on her stomach area and leave it there for three hours. And she can't move it. And one of his most notorious things is as you're finishing up your punishment, if you move a second before your time limit is up, if you have a hair follicle that doesn't have the roots on it or whatever, he makes you start over again. So she moves it a minute too soon. He makes her do it again. She gets these huge bruises on her body and that is her punishment. So after it's all said and done and she's drank all of her water and he's trying to explain to her next time she needs to conserve her energy or whatever. So she's drank all the water in the room. He finally lets her in. He comes in like as a savior with this glass of water. Like here, my slave, I will now feed you like you're supposed to. Here's your crust of bread and glass of water. She pulls out the mace that Miss Mrs. Winchester has left. I can't do it. Stephanie, you do it. Mrs. Winchester. Mrs. Winchester. There it is. <laughs> has left. She sprays him with the mace stuff and gets out of the room. So now Millie's pissed and Millie is slightly psycho as we already know. So she now makes him do the same thing with the books, only she makes it, puts it over his dick. So this whole area is like going to be bruised and beaten like he got raped a lot by something. But she makes him do it for six hours or five hours or something really long. Um, And then, mind you, there's no water in the room. So there's Mm -hmm. nothing in there for him. No food, no water, nothing. She drank it all. And she's watching on HD for five days. And she watches him slowly dehydrate and die after she also tells him the only way to get out is to pull his teeth out with pliers that she has left in the room as well. So she slowly tortures him over the course of five days and waits for somebody to show up and acknowledge that he's dead in the attic. That is how Mr. Mr. Winchester is found dead in the attic. Oh, oh, there's another plot twist. The and? sheriff guy. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's the dad of Andy's ex fiance who ended up having to change her name and like went into hiding and is afraid of men. And he's always been really suspicious about what happened to her and why. So he moves to this town to like investigate Andy. And lo and behold, he's the guy on the case. And he keeps it all hush hush after he discovers the room in the attic. That supposedly was not a real thing that Nina had asked for someone to acknowledge. 
They told her it was fake, a hallucination. It turns out to be a real room. His teeth were yanked out. He had bruising on his body. That was weird. And so he ended up just keeping it as like an accidental locking in an attic situation. But it, in reality, Millie slowly tortured him for five days, which is really disturbing. So one thing that I didn't necessarily love about the ending of the book, whenever Nina <clears throat> comes back to the house. So Nina comes back to the house. She she left uh, after Andy, you know, kicks her out, tells her he wants a divorce. So she packs up her bags, got what she wanted. She leaves. Um, but Enzo, after they have a little bang fest, convinces her she needs to go back because it's not right to leave Millie. You know, she, she you know, it's not right to leave Millie in the situation with Andy. So Nina goes back after, what, five, six days and um, discovers, you know, she goes upstairs. She sees Millie there in the hallway up there in the attic with her mace and that Andy's there in the room. Um, and when Nina, when she gets to go in the room, she checks his pulse, sees he's dead. Millie has the audacity to be shocked that after five or six days of no water, he has succumbed to dehydration. It was the one part of the book where I was like, really, Millie? Like, you're watching him on camera. You can't tell he, like, shriveled up and died. Like, come on. She thought he was sleeping in the cot. (laughs) I thought he was on the floor. I thought he was just on the middle of the floor, just, like, hanging out. Was he up in the cot? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Remember, I zoned out after part one. Well, part How? two was, was a lot of things. Roseanne, really? <laughs> I really want other people to read this book, and I want to know people's opinion on whether or not they thought this was an interesting plot twist compared to Roseanne's simpleton mind of, I already knew it was going to happen, and I zoned out on part two. Yeah, Roseanne, you, you, you anticipated was the husband was a psycho who locked people in the attic room? Um, I mean, maybe not that part, but I think it was maybe just the whole – oh, I've seen you um, try and get someone else to fall in love with your husband type story, I guess. And then I guess to me, all the torture was like all this extra dramatics that I just wasn't into. And that is not like me. I just wasn't digging it. I don't know why. I just really was not. I was like, really the pulling out the hair one by one by the follicle. Like that was just dumb to me. It was just Mm -hmm. dumb. The books, I was like, first of all, does that really hurt that bad? And I was like, I know. Well, I almost wanted to like, <laughs> like try it out, lay down, and <laughs> I don't know. It just felt so, like too much. Not not entertaining enough. I think enough we might be fluffier than maybe Millie is. So she oh. probably has like some hip bones protruding, and like that. Maybe that well, could no. cause some bruising. I, I mean, if you put what fifteen pounds on your belly for six hours, it's going to hurt after a minute. Like I think it's I mean, hurt I mean, time. and I guess we just don't yeah. really realize what it is. But and and one thing we didn't hit was is why Andy is doing the things that he does, or why we Ooh. we think he's doing the things he's doing. Um, the so final Andy, plot twist. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Andy has a has a. I guess we can call her a helicopter mom, but she's a helicopter mom with a twist. Because when you do things like, and we're assuming she did things like this to Andy, say that he left the lights on, she would lock him in a room for hours at a time with bright lights on to, to show him that, hey, you don't leave the lights on. There's you know kids who don't have lights at all or electricity at all. Um, mm-hmm. So she was very much a, a, I guess we'll call her a psycho helicopter mom that really made him into the person he was and why he treated the women the way he was. Um, and even at, at the end when, Nina thinks she's going to get in trouble for for killing Andy and her parents, you know, his parents are going to find out the mom almost. Well, she does. She thanks Nina for basically 
finally punishing him for for doing something wrong. Um, so it just kind of shows that not to feel sorry for Andy because I definitely don't. He was a he was a fucked up guy. Um, but it always ties back to the mom. Like, why is that? I know. I know. Well, guys, listen. As mothers, we have a very important job. We do. We have one we job. We do. One job. Don't Apparently, let your men kid are grow very up. weak. Susceptible. Or men are weak. Impressionable. Yeah. Well, I have a sick question. Okay. That someone wrote on our outline. It was me. <laughs> well, Stephanie, you asked the sick question. Okay. <clears throat> I want to know. Hang on, let me pull it up because I don't remember exactly how I phrased it. Where'd I put it? Where is it, Roseanne? Did anybody uh, else oh. have anything to add about the characters before we dive into a random, random fucked up question? Now, oh, you know, oh, wait. Can we talk about the peanut thing for a little bit? The peanut butter? Oh, yeah. Um, did she okay. actually have yeah. a peanut butter allergy? I don't she know did. either. Did mm-hmm. she? She did. Yeah, Andrew left the. Andrew wanted it right. in there as a he reminder did to torture. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. But she didn't tell Millie about the peanut butter allergy. No. No. It was more. I think that that was part of, like, she couldn't get it out of the house because he kept bringing it back in. So if she said anything and it was removed per Millie's request, then it would be a problem. And so she just kept it without ever acknowledging it. Or maybe. Um, she, she used to feed the kid that. Did he? He used to slip it in her food sometimes. Yeah. As like a, I can get to your child anytime I want to. Boy. Was one of the things that she mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought that what was why he left it in there. But well, yeah. what what I was there. Exa- what I was thinking with the peanut butter is that he the the reason that maybe Nina didn't tell Millie initially is that she knew the daughter was going to say, "Hey, don't give me peanut butter," and that was a way for Millie to keep it away from her. Maybe that was her way of, of doing that, like to for for Millie to know that she's allergic to it. If Millie's making the food, she's not going to put it in her food, you know. Whereas the dad was doing that. Um, or Andy was doing that. So I don't know if there was something to that. But I thought it was weird, too. I actually had that as a plot hole. Like, why didn't she yeah, tell her I, that I she was allergic to it if it was such a big deal? Yeah, it's, it seemed like they there was a – just in those little blurb, they said peanut butter so many times. I was like, okay. I wrote it down. I was like, all right, this is going to come back some way, <laughs> somehow, this peanut butter. And I really waited till the end of the story to be like, and then the peanut butter, and nothing really came of it. So I just thought it was interesting. Wouldn't it have been nice if he had a peanut allergy and she, like, slowly killed him that way over five days? Too bad. Hmm. Speaking of slowly killing. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a lead up to the next book. All right. But my first, my question, my discussion topic, if you will, to stimulate our conversation. What sick torture would you come up with if you locked someone in a room and they could only come out after they did what you wanted? What would it be? I have one. I thought, I thought about it. Can I start? Please share with the class. Yes. Yeah. Please share with the class. Please. I would make them insert a needle under their nail bed on every single finger before they could come out. Imagine how bad that would hurt. And you could, you okay. could, if I was Andy, it'd be like, you didn't get a manicure, so now you're going to stick needles under your nail beds directly between the Would you make them the do finger. the toenails too? Probably, why not? Too, or fingernails only. Okay. Oh, the toenails would be after she does the fingers and think she's getting out, be like, oh, you misunderstood me. You have to do all of your nails, including your yeah. toenails. And then she screams a little bit and then she does it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh, what I would God. do. What size needle are we using? Oh. <laughs> what? Um, I, I mean, I really just thought they were sewing needles, you know, just okay. little sewing needles to stick them in there. Yeah. 
All right. Who's got one? Anybody have one? What? I don't have one. Um, I would probably just um, go on full sensory overload mode in the attic mm-hmm. until they completely lose their shit. Like, just everything loud you possibly can at one time, but, like, different sounds. So it's triggering different parts of you. <laughs> they do that. Which what is I that know. cult? Waco. That's it. Waco. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Waco. pronounced Waco. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was it. <laughs> that's from the office. True fans will get it. They'll laugh with me. Anyways, yeah, I know that was Waco. They like blasted them with a bunch of stuff, a bunch of music um, sounds. Yeah. It was music. I remember. Um, mm-hmm. But light. you know, for me, it would maybe be like just based off my personal experience from this afternoon only after picking up my kid for one hour, um, just running around, trampling with the dog, just jumping, barking, TV super loud. Um, I don't know, music loud, blaring on another another way. Maybe um, basketball playing real loud, sneakers squeaking back and forth for four hours. Oh, God. <laughs> Roseanne, yeah. are you? That's are horrible. you? I'm not okay. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, I'm like, well, well part, a lot of these Blink things sound like normal, day, normal everyday things. Yeah, I'm like, wait. But her for, daily life is pure torture. For yeah. five days, all day, every day, that would be absolute torture to me, I think. I mean, that's yeah, that's a, that's a real, yeah. Bo's been clattering his his trucks. Like, he drives them on my desk and launches them to the ground and the clatter, and he does it over and over again, and I want to <clears throat> break his little toys. Yeah. I don't, but I want to. But you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and could. I could, too. I'll do it, too. <laughs> Get him in here. Um, <laughs> all right, Vanessa, did you have one? I I really don't like. Come I'm probably gonna dream about it later tonight. I'm gonna have a dream that that wakes me up in my cold sweat, and I'm gonna have a lot to say tomorrow. But at present moment, I really can't think of what I would do to torture a person locked in an attic space. Like I, loser, uh, you're soft. I know, pussy. I know. I, know. I don't <laughs> like torturing people. Don't edit that. I want it to be over quick. <laughs> I want it to be over. I, want it to I know be over you said quick. our husband's gonna something. be mad. We said that word. <laughs> Maybe yours is. Mine's out there like, hell yeah. Roseanne said that word, by the way. Yeah. Um, damn, Vanessa, nothing? Really? Okay. Sam? I, I mean, I hate to Come like on. steal it. Well, and this isn't really fucked up, but like, I love to drink liquids. Like, I'm a huge drinker. So if you deprive me for without liquid, like, I would lose my shit. Like, honestly, even like a few hours, like, not even a day, like, hours. Uh-huh. Like, even a night, I have to have like a sip of drink. Like, at yeah. all times. So I can't stand being thirsty. <laughs> Me like either. even for a moment yeah. I get pissed. Yeah. No, yes. that's a good yeah. Like just yeah. a good example is we had a soccer game and you know, you would think I'm I'm prepared at this point in my life to have like water bottles out my ass, like at all times, and I did not. So I was like, Oh, I'll just get it from the concession stand. I'll just get it from the water fountain. So no, there was no concession stand. The water fountain was fucking broken. And the entire machine that you can get drinks out of, what are those called? Like a vending machine, there was nothing in it. Like, I would have never been thirstier in my life. And then I'm watching my kids, you know, sweat her ass off while she's playing. And all I can hope is that I hope she has a little bit of water I can have at the end. (laughs) Are we, like, just as a nation, more thirsty? Or, like, were we just dehydrated our entire childhoods? Like, right? Do y'all ever think that? Like, I don't, I never drank this much water as a kid ever. My kid will drink water all fucking day long. Like, God forbid he goes to school without a water bottle. 
And I've never been as thirsty in my life. It's our sodium intake, guys. A lot of our food has sodium in it. So I think it's our sodium intake. Like wine makes you thirsty. Not that that's all we drink or eat, but it's wine. But nah. uh, but just everything we have these days, if you look at it, the sodium intake is like off the charts. So I think it's tied to that, in my opinion. Probably. Watch your sodium intake, guys. I have a thing. It would be to have to pull out all of their eyebrows. Ooh. All of their hairs out of their... And not just one, both. They need to pull both completely out to come out. You know, how, I mean, imagine what they would look like when they came out. You'd be like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in there till they grow back I'll out. Nice, yeah. I'll leave really great. I'll leave like slightly dull tweezers for them that don't have like a real good sharp edge. Oh, on so them. they're pissed when they're pulling them like, bitch. <laughs> there's a lot of clicking before you even get anything. <laughs> I'll bet there's going to be some roots on those when they get It's around. like the shitty ones that are on like the safety aid kits, like to pull out yes. like, yes. like yes. splinters and they don't work yes. with the crap. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that um, disturbing segment, Stephanie. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, did anyone have any, yeah, did anyone have any plot holes or unanswered questions? I did not because it was. Uh, so, okay. Mm. This may be super dumb. Uh, but how was Millie an expert cook when she was fucking in prison when she was 17 years old? Like, when did she learn how to be an expert cook? Like, she's, like, making these amazing dinners, and I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. That just kind of, whatever. It's not a big plot twist. Oh! I have an unanswered question, and maybe you guys picked up on it and I didn't. The very first night she's there, I'm guessing Nina did this, but Nina said, hey, when's dinner going to be ready? And Millie was like, oh, fuck, I'm cooking. And goes in the kitchen and there's a bag of chicken marinating in the fridge with instructions. Nina did that, right? I mean, who else would Somebody have done did. it? I mean, well, she, well, the way she made it sound was like a home chef thing. Like she said, it, it's like they order food with the instructions on it. Like that's oh. like home chef, you know, yeah. like one of those things. Oh, I thought it was like handwritten instructions. That's how I took it. I don't know. But I, mean, it could have been. I feel like it could have been his mom because remember they mm-hmm. thought she couldn't cook and was like super incompetent. And she used to send food all the time to the house for them to like make and heat up. So I Ooh. actually thought it was Andy's mom who did That's that. That's right. And I bet that Nina put it in there for Millie to make the first day to draw Andy in. I bet it was all a little thing to mm-hmm. get him to. Yeah. It might have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, there's one more. There's that. one more messed up thing Nina did. Uh, you know, Nina had an IUD, so she was not intending on getting pregnant at any point. Andy wanted more children, but Nina knew he would just use those against her, you know, as more means to keep her. So Nina had an IUD and they were going to a fertility specialist because it was taking so long for her to get pregnant. Nina hired a private investigator to follow the doctor to get pictures of him with, I don't know if it was, if he was having an affair, if it was just some, something scandalous got pictures so that the doctor would tell Andy that Nina could not get pregnant. And then she called Andy's mom, said, we're pregnant. Do you mind sending me, or we will be soon. Do you mind sending a box of Andy's old baby stuff? You know, I really think we'd love to have it. And I think she did that intentionally to torture Andy because when he opened it, it like broke his heart because they, you know, they had just been to the fertility clinic. So Nina had a little crazy in her too. I mean, obviously she did. She literally lured a woman into her home to be tortured by her husband. So Nina had some crazy in her too. But I think that's allowed whenever your husband makes you mace yourself in the face, locked in an attic. I think you're allowed to be a little crazy. I think I every like character in this book was fucked up in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. I think Enzo's fucked up. I think that obviously the main characters were all fucked up. I think the little girl was fucked up because she, knowing what was going on, was also still the most brattiest little yeah thing on the planet. Um, I just feel like every character 
was super fucked, including all of Nina's best friends who showed up, all those housewife people who never said anything, like the whole thing. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Makes me wonder who Frida hangs out with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We always question the author's life. (laughs) I'm just curious. Is anybody normal in your life? Anyone? (laughs) Let's go ahead and give our reviews star ratings. Stephanie. I can't wait to hear yours, Roseanne. Stephanie, let's, let's hear your first. ratings. Yeah. Go, Roseanne, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I've been so mute. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I've already said I, I just felt like it was a little predictable. Um, like my exact note I wrote was, I was like, here we go with another book about trying to get your husband to fall in love with another woman. I've already said that. Um, I just, I was kind of bored with it after finding out you know the husband was a psycho and then all the other extra torture stuff was just I, I don't know I wasn't I wasn't that entertained by it I gave it three stars and it's a, not a book I would recommend reading because it really wasn't all that great to me hmm. I'm surprised you gave it three stars then yeah just me too <laughs> well because I read it and I was entertained up to part one <laughs> I mean it it was I was entertained. Is it a literary work of art? Fuck no. It's not. I'm surprised we've talked this long about it, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, I thought we were going to fly by it. (laughs) Fly through it. Um, And I was answering watching us all talk like, God, finish up. This book sucks. I know. I'm like. Watching your face. (laughs) This was was Stephanie's face in our initial intro podcast we've ever done. Stephanie hated the book. Oh. And Roseanne loved it. Well, real fast. Who picks the housemaid books? Rosie. Stephanie. Oh, all right, Stephanie. Stephanie, so you're the... She did. Because she was trying to trap Frida McFadden into being a fan of our podcast, which, by the way, still be a fan. I liked your second one better, so I'll give you a little better review then, but the first one was not all that great to me. Okay. Next. It's your honest opinion. Yep. Vanessa? I liked it. I liked all the various twists. Do I do I think it was a literary work of art? No, but I I like to be surprised in moments. And like I said, I totally thought this was going to be like a handmade situation. And so when that didn't happen, and the woman who was being the evil wench was actually the horribly abused woman, I liked that fact. I liked the twist. I liked what she came up with. I liked that she flipped the switch and the abuse. The abuse became the abuser, and I, I just liked all of that part of it. Um, I'm a big fan of women, so I like that the women came out on top, that they took out the abuser, and they gave him a dose of his own medicine. I liked that fact. Um, I thought the fact that the mom was also a creepy weirdo in the end and came in with her little moment of truth, I thought that was interesting. Um, so I gave it a four. Okay. All right. Uh, I can go next. Um, I gave it a three, um, which I thought was a was a fair rating. I mean, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite book by any means, but it was a, a decent read. Um, why I gave it a three was that I really thought it was going to be a Cinderella story. Like I was like, oh, she's like this, you know, poor girl, and then she meets this guy, and like it's got a horrible wife, and then they get together and they're happily ever after. And when it wasn't, I was like, ooh, I like the plot twist. So so I gave it a three, but in my opinion, that's it's a good three. It's a good hard honest three. Like Dale Earnhardt. That's right. In comparison to my 
Week three. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> a three from me is different than a three from Rose. <laughs> okay. All right. I will round it out with a 3.5. Are we allowed to cheat and do oh, that? I didn't know we were doing half stars. I didn't know we were doing halfsies. I would have given it a Bite three me. and a half as well. Bite that me. I'm doing halfsies. 3.75. Yeah, well, 3.75. <laughs> a solid 3.8. No, 3.5 for me. Yeah, again, you know, just not to harp on on poor sweet Frida, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily the writing didn't blow me away. I, I considered this, it was an easy read. It, it didn't take a lot of, I didn't have to go back and listen to anything again and go, wait, what was that? You know, I, I didn't write any passages down like, oh my God, that was awesome. And, and so it wasn't really, the writing wasn't, it just didn't blow me away, um, which knocked it down a couple of stars. Um but I did not anticipate the twist. Like I said, I was waiting for creepy ass Cecilia to, to do something. So um, I don't remember being like, oh, what? Andy locked her in the room. Like that never happened because it didn't write that way. It didn't unfold that way where it felt like this really big shocker twist. So um, there's been, you know, better twists in books before. This one was a good twist, but it just wasn't, I don't know, 3.5. That's just what it is. Solid 3.5. Okay. Which, if I'm being fair, a solid three book, three book, or a four book is a good book. Let's be mm-hmm. real. That's a decent book to read. That's a nice, like, I'm going to go read this on vacation. I'm going to read mm-hmm. it on the airplane as I'm traveling. Like, that's a, that's that's a, a good hey, book. It was easy. Yeah, this, is a good, this is a good vacation yeah. book. This yeah. is a good vacation book. It truly yeah. is. It's a good yeah. vacation book. Mm-hmm. Good I would read that book. on the beach all day mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Well, and our scale it's, is zero to five, right? I mean, so 3.5 is mm-hmm. a decent. Yeah, it's not like it's zero to 10. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, shall we hop into Housemaid's Secret? Vanessa? Does anybody need a potty break? Yes. Yes, but let's not take too long in between our break. Like okay. two seconds. Okay. I'm not even going to wash my hands. Okay. <laughs> Ew. What the fuck? I hope that's on the I'm recording. I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. Book two. All right, book two is The Housemaid's Secret. So Millie is back. She's with a new family now. Um, Again, the husband seems like a super awesome, nice guy. The wife seems like a crackpot. She stays hidden up in a room, claiming she's, her husband claims she doesn't feel well. Um, But turns out there's a whole lot more going on than meets the eye. I just want to say this book was a hell of a lot better than the first one. Um, I did. I got. Can we just say why Rosie liked it? We know why Rosie liked the second. Why book, did I right? like it? Why did you? Why do you say that? But are you are you identifying with uh, Wendy? Wendy? Oh, ooh. why would I identify <laughs> with Wendy? Ooh, ooh. I can't wait to sing it. Who Wendy yes. is now? Okay, all right. Oh. So let's get into some of the characters before we get, Dig get to the deep. characters. Okay. But I don't. That one's flying over my head. What? She's the main ooh. character. Why, why would I? No, why would I she's a her? brand snob. All right, hang like on. she yes. won't eat the so, na- the store brand pop tarts. She only wants like pop tart pop tarts. Well, well uh, let me let me get into the characters. So this is this is housemaid. First of all, secret. fuck you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Say it's not true. How Say dare it. you compare me to her? All right, when I give when I describe, work? 
Well, when I describe Wendy, you guys tell me if it sounds like Roseanne. How about that? Wow. Okay. All right. So Housemaid's Secret is the uh, sequel to, is that right? the right word? Sequel to yep. uh, The Housemaids. Yes. So we still got Millie. We still got Enzo. Uh, Millie is the maid. Enzo was the gardener. He's not the gardener in this one. We'll get into Enzo um, and his play in the, in the second book. But the new main characters in The Housemaid's Secret is the new family that, that Millie gets involved with. Um, so Millie is back at it. She's still being a housemaid. Um, in this case, though, she's getting hired by um, a Douglas Garrick, who is also, he also happens to be extremely wealthy. We got a theme here. Extremely wealthy, wealthy, he's naive, he's a little, he's not as attractive as um, Andy was in the previous book. But he is also married to an equally horrible woman named Wendy. Um, Wendy, in this case, though, her her original persona of how she presents herself to Millie is more of as a victim. She's She never comes out of her room, never leaves, never eats anything. She's way thin. Um, you know, she immediately paints herself as a victim to... <laughs> She immediately paints- like that's not me. <laughs> None of this sounds like me. No. I love Ranch. She immediately paints herself as a victim to Millie. Um, but also keep in mind that this is, you know, book two and fast forward a couple years. Millie's name has gotten out there. Millie, I don't think we talked about this from the first book, but Millie, she helped um, Nina get out of that horrible marriage. And after that, she she started kind of a trend. Her and Enzo spent um, several years getting other women out of horrible um, circumstances, just like they did with Nina. Um, so Wendy took advantage of that. And Wendy is this, you know, she paints herself as kind of this victim, whereas we see in the plot twist of the book, she is not not the victim at all in this case. She's actually a horrible, heartless bitch. Um, mm-hmm. Not again. Wait, this is what I'm... I wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, I'm <laughs> waiting for that. <laughs> Waiting for the stark contrast. I think well, what I'll say is I, I feel like I should go ahead and say it now what I feel like I think you liked about so much about Wendy in this case is she wasn't this prima donna like perfect girl. Like I kind of think that you like kind of the, you know, she just didn't give a fuck. Like and not in a good way, but like a bad way. Like she was just a, hey, I know what I want. I want to be with somebody who's wealthy and attractive. And if he doesn't want it, then I'm going to find somebody who is. Um, so, so maybe that's what you liked about her, but I kind of, I, for some reason, I had a vibe that you would like the second book better, Rosie. Very interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, so we talked about Douglas Garrick, who was the, the rich, the rich husband, Wendy, who was the you know, victim wife. Um, another, two other characters I want to talk about and we'll get more into them. And this book is a little bit different because Millie, you know, she ends the first book with Enzo, her and Enzo have a relationship. They start the second book talking more about the relationship that Millie and Endo really developed. Um, but a lot of the book, Millie's actually with someone else named, his name is Brock, I believe is what his name goes by. And his nickname is Broccoli. Broccoli. Um, broccoli. broccoli. Exactly. Enzo, Enzo calls, calls him, him Broccoli. Enzo calls him Broccoli. <laughs> exactly. Which is important Which is to know that Enzi isn't throughout the whole book. He doesn't show up till, till later in the book. So a lot of the, the book, Millie is with this guy named Brock, who's, who actually, plot twist, I thought he was a bad guy. Um, he, he's a young lawyer. I was waiting for it. <clears throat> yes, I did. I thought he was a bad guy because he's too perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's, you know, well off, he comes from a good family, but he has fallen in love with Millie, um, not knowing her full background either. That does come back later in the book. Um, and then the last character we'll talk about, which we'll get into more detail is Mary Beth. Um, and, and we'll, I think there's, you know, we'll get into why she's an important character in the book, but she really does not appear much in the book. You hear about her briefly, and then mm-hmm. she really steals a show in the plot twist. So who wants to get into the plot twist? Who's feeling froggy? Let's Roseanne, see. I'd like to hear from you. Um, I want to because this is Roseanne's favorite, so okay. I want to know what Roseanne thought. Um, wow, spotlight. Um, huh? at the end, um, so let me see how to describe it. Well, I'm not good at this part, but here goes. Okay, great. It's in the thing. <laughs> what the, what the, 
Look at this. Look at this. Look at this script. Look at this Damn it, there's a script. <laughs> Jesus. Read the bullets. She's like, hmm, where do I start? Well, because oh, no, bullet one. <laughs> because I was trying to back up a little bit from there, but never mind. Um, Millie, at the, at the end of part one, ends up killing who we think is Douglas Garrick, Mr. Garrick, the guy she works for. Um, when in reality she's fake killed somebody else and we find out that there are two Mr. Garrick's out there. So um, basically Wendy set up this whole scheme so that she could be the rich bitch she wants to be and live her life the way she wants to as I mean, I, I would love to. If I'm, that's, that's, right that's, there. That's, there it is. <laughs> is that why you set me up for this? Yeah. It's like, point. there it is. That's it. If, well, if I'm being honest, let me just, can I just say Millie pissed me the fuck off in this book? Because she's like, yeah. oh, I'm so poor living in this fucking rat trap with no AC and her fucking boyfriend's rich as shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. and, but she wants to be Captain Savaho. I'm so independent. But like, just go live yeah. with your rich boyfriend in Manhattan or yeah. wherever the fuck he lives. Like, Shut up. Yeah. Just go live with them. So anyways, back to Wendy. But Millie did piss me off in this book. It, it really annoyed me. Um, so Wendy really, I mean, she really planned this murder out to the absolute T. Like, um, so maybe, I, maybe that's why I really enjoyed this book, because she really thought of every tiny little thing and really set Millie up to take the fall. Um, but we find out that Mr. Garrick wasn't just a nerdy tech guy. You know, he had his wits about him too. He was a little bit street smart, you know, knew maybe something was up with Wendy. And so he ended up trapping her a little bit in the end too, which was very interesting. Um, So I felt like there was a lot of twists in this book, um, really down to the very end that I thoroughly enjoyed. So that's why I like it better. It was just better. <laughs> hey, what happened at the end? Oh, it's just better. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's it's important so that the you know again Frida writes in multi part. You know, you you have different perspectives, and when you enter the book, you're under the impression that M- Millie has been hired by Douglas Garrick. He says, "Hey, my wife is up in that bedroom. Um, if the doors closed, don't bother her. Leave her in there." And a couple of times, Millie starts to see her, and she can tell through a crack in the door, through bloodstains on the nightgown. She starts to put the pieces together that that Wendy is a victim of domestic abuse at the hands of Douglas Garrick. That's what she, because that's exactly what Wendy intended for her to find to, to think. We find out at the end, of course, Wendy's hitting. You know, Wendy's hurting herself. She uses makeup to make herself look this way. She has her lover hit her to really drive home the point. Um, but of course, in Millie's perspective, she's she's back in that situation where she's in a home where a wife is being abused by the husband, um, and she's going to help her. So so Wendy brings Millie in to help her with this grand escape plan she's got. Um, and the whole time, what she's really doing is setting Millie up to uh, for it to appear like Millie is having an affair with her husband, and then that's why Millie kills the husband. Um, Wendy staged the whole thing. She had, you know, the hotel room that Millie went and got for her when she drove her away from her husband that came to bite her in the ass. You know, all of that was well, well thought out by Wendy. Um, and the reason Wendy this whole time wants to kill her husband, right. Is because he's a zillionaire, whatever, how much money he has. 
And he had her sign a prenup. So she wasn't going to get any money in a divorce. Um, I think she thought on the prenup she was going to get $10,000, but the clause was in there that if she was cheating. $10 million. $10 million. My, my, look at my poor ass. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and you got it wrong. $10 she, million is a huge deal. Well, she didn't know about the prenup until later, right? Or did she know about the no, prenup? No, no, no. She, she knew about she the knew. prenup. Yeah. Okay. But not about that tiny clause that was in there. That's right. Yeah. The, the clause was that if she cheated on him, she got absolutely nothing. And so that's where this came from. When her when when she and her and Douglas came to a head and they were going to divorce, he was like, "By the way, you get you know you get absolutely nothing, right?" And that's when Wendy was like, "Okay, well, Earl had to die then." You know, basically like, "I'm going to get my money one way or the other, um, and I'll just be a zillionaire with you being dead." And and then the plot unfolds and we enter the book at that point with the setup where Wendy has her husband pose as Douglas Garrick. Oh no, I'm sorry. She has her lover. What did I say? I don't even remember. Her she has husband. her lover pose as her husband. Um, and they just set the scene. The whole thing is staged. Everything is, you know, um, well done, Wendy. Important to note, her lover is the husband of Douglas Garrett's assistant. Oh, and just happens to be his doppelganger. What are the chances? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Thank oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, this, I this thought plot about hole. Like, how, Plot hole. Yes. Plot hole. Which <laughs> yeah. Because she like, picked she did him whole, for that, though. I looked at him and saw immediately this was my, this was, must have been what my husband would have looked like had he not been just like the the beginning phase of him. Like, I just thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Wendy, Wendy thought, you know, I, poor Douglas Garrick. Doesn't he sound great? He's a zillionaire who loves to eat KFC. He wants to be in his sweatpants. Like, <laughs> Doesn't he yeah. sound great? He, he wants to give wonderful. money to charity. He doesn't yeah. give money want to charity. But just space. Yeah, he sounds like a really nice guy. He wants to have a fabulous house in the country. I want to be. I, yeah. I I I think you know I did not enjoy this book, and I think a lot of it was because I didn't like Millie in her perspective. I didn't like the way she was yes. with broccoli. I didn't like the way she was. Uh, I just I didn't like a lot of this book, and I really really did not like Wendy. And her treatment of Douglas Garrett. Because you could tell, you know, she was like, he's a slob, his double chin, blah, blah, blah. You know, just treated him really poorly and was obviously a very superficial woman. When Douglas really seemed like a hell of a catch. <laughs> if you're looking for someone who's down to earth and has a lot of money, like, that's that was the way to go. But Wendy. Well, uh, is is hmm. Frida superficial? Because every every the negative thing yes. she talks about with people is like, you know, Wendy in the first book, Big. she was she was fat. She got fat and that was her problem. Uh-huh. Like Douglas, he's gained weight. Like it just I don't know. I kind of feel like she was a little <gasps> superficial too. She's yeah. also, by the way, a practicing physician who specializes in brain injuries. Who has time for that? Okay, what the fine. Fuck? Wow. Frida is, yeah. I, right, I looked Frida. at her website. Yeah. We like you. Yeah. Fine. So that's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if that has something to do with why all of her characters have like these split personalities. Nice, Sammy. What was that? <laughs> a little ASMR. <laughs> a little, a little truly very blissful strawberry breeze. Why AKA not? basic bitch juice. Why not? <laughs> I fucking hate Trulies. I fucking hate them. <laughs> I don't like them. Anyways, um. I didn't really like this one. I'm going to be honest. Really? I'm not a huge fan. So yeah. I, I liked what I will say I liked is that I really expected our second book to be like just like our first one. Like, oh, the part two is yeah. going to be like this month. Mm-hmm. So I liked that that Wendy, is it Wendy? 
Yeah, this one is Wendy. Mm -hmm. I like that Wendy was actually like a, a psycho bitch. Like I didn't like that part, yeah. but I like that it wasn't the same as the first one. So I'll give her that. But I, and I actually like the way she's like, step one, do this. Like I like that part I too. Oh, yeah, when I she like goes that. into that, yeah, I liked it. I liked that on both of the books. They did I yeah, enjoyed. Both books, yeah. I enjoyed that part. Yeah, um, you're like, oh, like this I just got different. I did like that yeah. part of her writing. Yeah, yeah. and honestly, she I almost. Did. I don't want to say she wrote it different, but it was obviously different characters. And and I listened to the audiobook. Um, so it's very vividly different characters in part one and part two, um, and the way she did the audiobook. So it was good. I liked it. I feel like also in this one, I know you mentioned Enzo being kind of a mystery because you don't really know much about him. I feel like he was also still a mystery in this book because he disappears for a while to go back to Italy for a year and like just randomly shows up Mario. after he's been stalking her for months. Like, can Why? we... What, why what the fuck is wrong with this guy who is this enzo like seriously and why does he know so many guys why does he know so many people that do so many fucked up things i'm just curious is he in the mafia like the italian mafia maybe oh maybe she does another book on just enzo are you good ness <laughs> i would like it to be on just enzo <laughs> um I felt like the whole storyline of Millie and Broccoli and Enzo was just weird. Like, what was the point of Broccoli? What was the point? He was a distraction. What did he see in her? Well, I, like, imagine dating somebody kept... that poor. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> this is why you are fucking so, Wendy. exactly Rosie, aka Wendy. You're proving I mean, the point. She lives in like the freaking ghetto. <laughs> Like, yeah. no AC. Like, that's just, it's, I mean, come on. Come <laughs> no, on. No, she stands him up on dates. Like, she routinely just blows him off. Like, yeah. I know. I kept thinking he was going to play a bigger part, really, is what I thought. So I'm, I'm still confused about why he was even, like, a character. I'm so hurt for him. I'm hurt for him. Like, she screwed him over a lot. She told him she loved him. She said she was going to move in. Then she backed out. She did... And the way she backed out was like, gets yeah. there, sees the guys being arrested. She's like, oh my God, I don't have to move out now. And it's like, that was well, kind of yeah. careless. Well, also for, for Brock, like is Brock that, like, come on, Brock, like get a life. Like she was yeah. obviously giving you all the signs that she was not interested in taking that next step. Like take a hint, dude. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. It was also yeah. um, shout was out because he's a patent attorney and that's like, you know, a patent paralegal. So <laughs> shout out to the patent attorneys listening. <laughs> To all, to all of them. He was right when he said his job was boring. <laughs> I was going to say, she did talk about how boring the job was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, you know, all in court, you know, fighting. It's like talking about how something works on a piece of paper. So, yeah. It's a boring job. But he seems so nice and, like, genuinely, like, interested in her. And, I mean, I guess if somebody's super duper hot. And, I mean, I guess if you're up against Enzo. Maybe that's, you know, because she did talk about. She just didn't feel that way as she did with Enzo. And I mean, if you're talking about that, maybe I'll allow it. But well, well, keep in mind, guys, she was in prison for like most of her like adult life, like not adult life, but like 17 to what she was in for 10 years. So 17 to 27. Yeah. Like, think about how much like you take in at that point in your life. Like, does she even know how to have a real relationship with a guy who really wants to be with her? No, that's why she goes with Enzo. It's because he's, you know, fucked up, too. So I don't know. I think it all makes sense. You know, like Brock was just too nice for her. And and he just didn't see the writing on the wall. He it's was like, too normal. Well, it's like the girl who wants to be with the bad guy. Like, it was the guy who wants to be with the bad girl. You know, you just don't hear that as often. So, Hey, what does Millie look like in your heads? I, I Well, wait. I guess we'll wait. We'll, well wait hey, for that. But before we do that, I do want to talk about something real quick. So we didn't talk about... 
We talked about the author, but not the narrator. And I want to talk about the narrator for a second, because I know we all had a problem. And if you listen to the audiobook, not just read, but the audiobook, I don't ever research narrators, but because I know we had like this back and forth about her and about the way her voice was, I want to just look into her a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't find much. I did try and follow her on Instagram. She has not followed us back, but maybe she will. Um, but interesting enough, I don't think she has a lisp, guys. And she is actually English. So she has an English accent. Like she actually specializes in all kinds of voiceovers. Um, so if you listen to some of her like takes, she does all kinds of voices. So it's it's actually interesting to think about when she does these voices, like she's doing them like back to back to back. Like she's not taking a break and like going between, like she's going from Wendy to Nina to Millie to Enzo, like all in one swoop doing these different voices. So I just want to give her props. Like I know it was annoying, but she's, it's, it's actually kind of cool the way she can go from voice to voice in my, in my opinion. So. I, I want to add to that, that I actually was shocked that it was the same person doing the two different voices because I felt like Millie was like, it took me a minute to get used to Millie. I was like, I cannot do this Brooklyn accent. (laughs) It is killing me. Like it is too much. And then to find out that she was also part two, like the other version of these other characters, I actually thought that that was pretty impressive. So I also give props to the narrator because I thought that she just did a really good job doing that. Now, do I love Millie's voice? Absolutely not. But the fact that you can do that and switch into these other characters was pretty amazing. So big fan. I have nothing nice to say. Okay. So now she I definitely is not going to follow us back. Damn but it. wait, no, guys, look. But just, listen, she had an English. English was rough. She's English. She's an English accent. So imagine she actually, I'm, I'm impressed she pulled off what she did. Like we never, I didn't catch any English accent in her reading. I would like to hear your English accent, Stephanie. Go. Uh, wh- why am I? No, listen, I'm not a narrator. <laughs> I'm not a, a voice recording actress. And I don't know who approved the list, but, but. It wasn't a good Somebody move. picked it, was, it. Did she it was make the list or does she have a list naturally? I don't know. I, An I English list? Out. Yeah, I try to find out like Googling, but like she's like a mystery, guys. That's why I'm trying to follow her on Instagram. But she didn't have a lisp as the other characters. Correct. No. Only Millie. But if you listen so she now. the lisp for Millie. Maybe so. But if you listen to even her Nina voice, there's a little bit of a something there. Whatever. We're picking I'm not you intrigued enough to I'm, listen. I'm pinching my fingers together like a little something. <laughs> oh good now they know <laughs> well let me sum up the end of the book yeah we need to sum up yeah, the end please yes. um vanessa Roseanne, what happens no you I you're want, so much better at this, this than is I one you loved. <laughs> um uh let's see so basically shut up <laughs> millie um ends up conspiring with mary beth who is russell's wife to off them. Um, Brock ended up being on the same heart medicine as, was it Mr. Garrick Douglas? Yes. Okay. Um, so she gave some pills that she could crush up and, you know, make it look like an accidental, was it an overdose? Why am I forgetting already? Yeah. An overdose. Okay. So I don't love okay. rehashing the book. Like you guys do Millie. like this, like retelling it. Millie. I don't love it. <laughs> Millie was conned into killing, quote unquote, the Douglas Garrett, which she thinks is the real guy. It is not him. It ends up being um, Russell Simmons, which is, again, as mentioned, the husband of Mary Beth, which is 
Douglas Garrett's assistant. So there's like this crazy little loophole there. They met when um, Wendy was picking out furniture. He's a furniture salesman. He doesn't have a whole lot of money. It's one of the things she does not love about him, but she loves him as like this beautiful creature of a man that she sees him as. So she's going to use all of Mr. Garrett's money when she kills him to make Russell the man that she envisions as like the be all end all of creatures. Um, so she uses Millie to kill Russell, which she doesn't actually kill him. It's a fake thing. The gun was shooting blanks. Um, but at the same time, after Millie leaves thinking that happened, they actually invited Mr. Garrick back to over to the apartment to sign the divorce papers where she in fact actually does kill and shoot him. Wendy does because Russell chickens out and hides in the kitchen because he's too much of a pussy to do it. So she takes over and shoots and kills him herself. Um, then they use the story of what Millie actually did in her fake killing as what really happened to Mr. Garrett, which is how the whole story ends. Um, the cops find out, they get involved, they think she did it, they think that Millie actually did do this, but later turns out that they were suspicious of Wendy the whole time, especially when they find the cameras that Mr. Garrett had been hiding in the apartment um, and in the entryway to the apartment complex, which clearly shows Millie living, leaving and the one time and only time that Mr. Garrett arrived during the month that Millie worked there on the night of his death. Um, so that's how that gets solved. But what the big kicker is, is in the end is when Wendy and Russell think that they've gotten away with it and they're going to have all of these millions of dollars. They go off to this cabin that they have um, and Mary Beth is given the pills from Millie, who has discovered all of this, which I think somehow along the line, somehow Enzo's involved in all of this situation. I, I don't know exactly, but he had an interaction with Mary Beth and oh, yeah. somehow he got tied into it, I think. And that's where Millie gets the idea and they kind of connect, I guess. Um, but hole. she gives the pills to Mary Beth. Mary Beth shows up at the cabin, kills all the lights. Um, and when Wendy is off talking to the lawyer to transfer her money that she thinks she's going to get, Mary Beth, uh, slits Russell's throat in the bathtub after he's been having a bubbly bath with, uh, Miss Wendy. And then she goes and, um, stalks Wendy throughout the house and, um, says she's going to kill her by having a knife and gets her to confess all of these things. And in the end, the whole time she had already drank these pills that were inside the wine that was left at the house for them to have as like their celebratory drink that had been laced with these pills. You do not know that Millie is part of any of that until way later in the story um, at the very, very end when she does mention nonchalantly the pills that she had been holding or had kept from broccoli that had been given to Miss Wendy. So that's how the plot twist happens. Can we talk about Mary Beth? For a second, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, she, damn, yeah. Like, I know. She was the receptionist. Sweet revenge, yeah. And then she was like, yeah, Sweet revenge. to slit your husband's throat. Yeah. Yes, yeah. After you've obviously, you know, you've poisoned him because he drank the wine too. So you know he's already taken the pills as well. You know he's going to die. But she was like, that's not good enough. I'm going to slit your throat for cheating on me. I yeah. long to be that kind of woman. I long to be. I hope I get the opportunity one day. Greg? Greg, you, you heard that? He's always <laughs> listening. He's outside the door. He's curled up in the fetal position outside the door right now listening. But honestly, that was my thoughts about Mary Beth, too. I'm like, damn. Like, they don't talk about her a lot. Like, she's this, like, 
lady with cankles who wears like weird skirts as like a receptionist. Like that's how they talk about her. And like <laughs> she wears like long skirts. Did they say cankles? They well, yeah. She had uh, she had wide she had calves. Wide place, calves. Wide calves. I actually have that written down. This is from Wendy's perspective, who is like clearly Way anorexic. Thin. Yes. And, yeah. So, was it a cankle or just a normal ankle? I don't know, Frida. You know what I mean? You know you don't like fat right? people. Right? She, she's so skinny that, that Millie thinks she's being starved as part yes. of the domestic <laughs> yes. abuse. She's so skinny, she thinks she's being starved. Yes. I have another question about that. How in the fuck do you have not just one husband who has all of this money, who's very much clearly in love with you, but also a lover, and that's what you look like, is a skeleton? What What is it? I'm just curious. Do men actually Because she clearly like wasn't like a pleasant woman. You know? No, I, that's what I'm trying to understand. What wafy part of your body is so amazing that you have not one man, but two that are willing to one murder for you or like give up all of their millions to have you as their like baby mama? It's that I'm, golden V. Mm. Gluck Gluck 3000. I don't get it. That's a new term. Jimmy, to, to, to act it out? Absolutely. No, please don't. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> Let me get Greg in here. Greg. Well, <laughs> well, no, because even her, Visual. well, honestly, you think usually, okay, it is about, yeah, it's about the sex. That's why, that's what it's about. But with Wendy and um, Garrick, though, they were only having sex whenever it was, you know, because they were trying to get pregnant is what she was trying to do, right? So, but I think this is that book, right? I got confused between two books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. But so they only had sex whenever it was time to, so what, once a month is basically whenever she was mm-hmm. ovulating was the thought. So it wasn't like Garrick was with her because of, of that necessarily. And even at the end, when she's about to sign the divorce papers or when they're talking about the divorce papers, he stops and is like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Like, did he mean that? Or did he know that she was already fucking around? Like, did he, he already knew she was point. fucking like, around the whole time? Well, I mean, but no, he, he knew did. she was fucking around because he he told her, you're not going to get any of my money because I know you're cheating on me. Like, that's what they talked mm-hmm. about when she went to visit him at the country house. Mm-hmm. Um, and con- she was going to confront him about her bank cards being turned off. And he was like, duh, you can't go around out to restaurants with another oh, man no. kissing on him and think I'm not going to find out. Like, let's get divorced and you don't get any of my money. And that's when she concocted the plan to kill him. So he, he knew she was, but he said at, at the divorce papers, he's like, even no, at the no, end, I love yeah. you. Let's let's, I want to have kids with you. Let's sell the house. Let's do a charity. And that's when she pulled out the gun. She it was like never easier for her to kill him than in that moment when the thought of doing charity work yeah. and living a life of a peasant. Zan. <laughs> another, another tick mark. Let's see, Habitat for Humanity for the rest of my life or <laughs> Plush Living. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the book. Um, I gave it four stars. The only character that really annoyed me was Millie's Captain Save-A-Hope slash Miss Independent Ass. It was annoying to me. Um, but I like the book. Maybe I did like Wendy. Maybe there's something to it, Samantha. So hmm. I liked Good it better. Call, Sam. Samson. For the win. <laughs> Always. Are we doing our official ratings? Is it Vanessa's turn? It sounds like it. Roseanne just did it. So it's we just did anyone else have anything else to add? Segwayed. <laughs> 30 minute synopsis of the book. Honestly, I think we covered it quite well. I think we did <laughs> yeah, too. We did. You guys had uh, so much yeah. to say about the first one. It was. Yeah, I mean, in the second one, I, I. It was a plot hole to me that the husband of the secretary was. Uh, the doppelganger to her own husband like that. The whole premise of the second book just didn't land with me because it just didn't 
I don't know. I couldn't figure out why Douglas Garrick would want to stay with her. She's so mm-hmm. horrible. Like a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. So um, mm-hmm. I'll share my rating in hmm. a moment, but not as much to say. That is your rating. Do your rating. Share your rating oh, now. Oh, oh okay. Um, I mean, I, I just, I gave it a three because I just didn't, um, I didn't love the, and I did, I honestly did not love this as a sequel because I felt like there was so such good material from the end of the last book. Maybe we're going to get some revenge on Andy's mom. Maybe we're going to go through and save a couple more women. It's going to become like a theme. But we skipped all that, went straight to this bullshit. And I'm like, wait, no. I want more of the cool stories of the other stuff y'all did. And like, when they were like, you know, we won't talk about the stuff we did. No, I want to know what you guys did. Would you and Enzo, you know, would you concoct up to do this? You know, that would have been way cooler to me. I didn't like, I mean, I get it why Frida did it. It's the complete opposite of, you know, the dams, it's, it's not a woman being abused. It was used against her. Like, I get it. Because Wendy did call Millie because through the grapevine, that's how she learned about Millie. She heard that Millie was able to get women away from their abusive husbands. And so it was all, you know, I, I see why Frida did it, but I don't I don't love that this was the sequel. So it got a three, and I didn't even want to give it that. Why did I, you say? <laughs> well... <laughs> You can give it whatever number you want. And we're doing halves apparently now, so. Yes. I was I'll, in I'll the same the boat as Stephanie. Yeah, I was in the same boat as Stephanie. I I, I would have loved to have heard about the stories prior to meeting Wendy. Again, was this an editor thing? Did, they, did she have other stories and they made her skip to this one and not fill in those details? Probably. Um, so editor, why? Um, but I... I was not a humongous fan. I felt that there was a lot of gaps. I I, I wanted to know more about the relationship of her and Enzo um, because I felt like that was kind of a big part since they made a lot of reference to it, but yet that wasn't really a big part of the book. Um, I did not like Douglas Garrick and the fact that he was attracted to this woman. I still don't understand that, especially since the very beginning. It was his idea for the prenup, which meant he already didn't trust her, yet he went through all of this with her even after Ooh. she was caught cheating. So I felt like that was kind of a weird plot hole that I didn't really comprehend. I also want to know where the fuck Mary Beth was the entire story. Why the fuck is your furniture husband guy gone all the time fucking another woman in another apartment and you have no idea? Like, who are you? He's working late. Um, there's no way furniture is that big of a deal. So I'm just curious where where she was half the time. Um, I just I wasn't a humongo fan. So I I I did like some of the social points that were brought up in the story, which I know we've talked about not getting into those. Um, but like when she got raped and everyone like looked at her outfit and said, mm. well, "Was that what you were wearing when you got raped?" Like questions like that. I felt like we're kind of, you know politically driven or whatever and kind of good thought points or whatever the the part we'll get into a second about you know do people stop and help when they see something happening those are also so i like that she brought in stuff like that but in terms of the story itself i don't think it was as good as the first one so i'm going with stephanie i'm giving it a three it's still a vacation read i would read it on an airplane okay All right, all right. Um, I will give it a 3.5. I actually already had the half point before we said we could do half points. So I just want to say that I did this first. But I already had a half point. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> what I liked. So I gave I gave the first one a three. For anybody who doesn't remember, the first one was a three. The second one a 3.5 because it wasn't the exact same. I actually liked that, like, Wendy was, like, this heartless bitch. Like, I actually did. Like, I was like, oh, this oh. is kind of a 
different kind of a book. Because the first one, again, I felt very Cinderella-like. And then Wendy, she was a victim, which, hey, you know, I I get it. I appreciate it. But I just, not Wendy, Nina in the first book. Um, but Wendy in the second book, I actually did. I liked her. That's why I gave her the 3.5. So Rosie, that's see, that's why we get along. Um, <laughs> shallow bitches. Cold heart right. bitch. Cold heartless bitch. <laughs> well, I remember whenever they got to the second part, cause they always tried the second part, like, okay, it's the, the, you know, uh, abuser or the abused wife talking about why she's doing what she's doing, like how to get away from my husband. So she's like, listen to my story and you see if you agree with why I did what I did. And I'm like, okay, let's listen to her. And I'm like, whoa. Like, <laughs> you do not have a He was reason. a slob. Exactly. He had a double chin yeah. for too yeah. long. He, he wore sweatpants. salad for dinner. Yeah. Like, that's every man in America. I know. I'm like, whoa. So, so no, I gave Lettuce it a 3.5. I liked it. I liked the second book. And after I learned about the narrator more, like, honestly, that's what drew me more into the second book. Like, I really, I I enjoy the narration. I love the voices, guys. I do. I like the different voices. It's my thing. You would want to drift off every night to the sound of that New York lisp. No, I go to sleep to nothing. That's what I go to sleep to. (laughs) But I do like when I'm listening to a book, it will drone out if it's all the same voice. I like that they do the separate voices. It keeps my attention mm-hmm. um, because I am very easily distracted. So the, having the different voices keeps me intrigued when I'm listening to it. So. That's right. Samantha hears voices in her head. Different voices. She changes them, guys. She when, changes the voices when I read. in her head. Yes, when I read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do an Instagram poll on this, Rosanna. Let me forget. We're I def- do a no, poll. it's a note in my uh, it's notepad. It's a note, good. Because I'm not forgetting yeah. so- it. So really, you two don't do different voices for characters? You don't like envision your mm-hmm. character and think about what they sound like or anything? Think about what reading, they look like, but not what they sound like. When you're reading. I, I think about what mm-hmm. they, I think about what they, I, but it's my voice always. It's always my voice. I don't even have a different voice for, you know, it's always my voice in my head reading the book. Yeah. Samantha, we're way cooler. I agree. We'll, we'll let the people decide. Imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know if I believe you two. I honestly, I don't even think I believe you all that you have different voices. Okay. Like, cause well, I can't imagine. Well, it. I also don't know how to prove it to you. So <laughs> I'm you also not going to try. <laughs> um, shall Suzanne, we move into my know. favorite session? Please. I'm dying to know. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope that you guys like my picks. All right. So this is a session where I, um, in, in case this ever got, adapted to television like who the characters are that I would like to play in the roles so I'll start with Millie I'm gonna go with Sydney Sweeney because she's supposed to be a hot blonde go ahead and google because I know you bitches don't know did you watch um Euphoria probably not because you guys are lame Jesus so this is one of those people who's like pretty and if you don't look at them if you don't look closely what do you mean google image sam's nodding wait so who was she who was who was sydney sweeney millie oh okay 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 you know because she was a blonde she's a hot blonde no i could see this. she has see and your point because millie wasn't supposed to be super attractive like well she wasn't necessarily so i could see this like if she put on glasses and like a weird outfit like she could be ugly I could see it. Yeah. I actually pictured her when I when she came up. It was Millie's intro to Nina with the glasses and the baggy mm. sweater and stuff. Like that's what I yeah. So okay. Okay. Well, if I'm being honest, my initial person I thought of for Millie was J Lo. 
Because she's from Brooklyn. Oh, because of the Brooklyn. Brooklyn. (laughs) But then I'm like, no, she has to be young and blonde and hot. I know that was totally who I envisioned. Uh, J Lo (laughs) did that movie, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I think it was called The Maid, right? Yeah, Yeah. something like that. I mean, if they if they totally want to just make her older, like J Lo will kill that. I know she will. So, anyways, uh, okay, so that's that's Millie. Surprised that she was also in the White Lotus. Raise of hands. (laughs) The first one. Okay, I still haven't watched that, guys. Oh my Damn god, Enzo. I'm gonna kill you. Enzo. 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 You're gonna have to Enzo. Google because he's not a well known. His name is Michelle Marone. Is Please it the guy Google. who played Mario in uh, Mario <laughs> Brothers? <laughs> Nobody played Ooh. Mario. But please Google image. Wait, what's his name again? Michelle Marone. Um, <laughs> yes. American oh, hey, American singer songwriter? Wait, that's a yes. lady. A hundred percent wrong. Okay, Samantha. Okay, Samantha. Ready? M I C H E L E. Hey, what's his tattoo on his hand say? Last name is M O R R O N E. Did you just Google like Italian actor and this is who pulled she up? She did. She was like hot Italian it actor. It's exactly <laughs> oh, what's in wait. my Google history. He was in uh, what movie was he in? Was he in something? Yes, he was in something. Resident? Oh. I feel like I know his face. Ooh, yes, I watched that 365 oh, days. That movie was actually oh, it was you on did? the sex movie? It was actually so it was not what you think it is. Watch the whole thing. It's actually disturbing at the end. Does he beat her and abuse her? Because I feel like then that makes a lot of sense. Uh, no, he doesn't. I didn't oh, know. Okay, I haven't watched that. No. Uh-uh. It says erotic I thought I recognized thriller. him. That's what mm. I saw. It from. Yes. Okay. So, yum, Enzo. Okay. Right? But he needs okay. to be bigger. Yeah. Like, is he big? I was thinking bulkier, a little yeah. a little thicker around the middle arms. Mm-hmm. Wait, he, he's 6'3". This guy's 6'3". Um, it's Hell a good yeah. Guy. yeah. He's a hunk of Hell yeah. So, he's, he's a big guy. All right. Next. We'll allow it. We're looking. I have Google up. I mean, we all have Google up. You're blurry. Wallpaper. <laughs> Your little blurry picture in the camera. Moving on to Mr. Winchester. Let's no surprise. I'm going to pick good old Theo James. No, I you knew it. <laughs> yes, I knew it. Who else? No, Here we go White Lotus no. again. Who else? No, not Theo James. No. Who then? No. Who was your second I pick? Could... No one. I would. I. I could see Theo. Theo cannot um, be the it. husband of every book we read. He just can't. Well, first of all, this is the first one the public's listening to. So for all they know, this is the first time I'm no, mentioning for, his name. And my wife is just like his lips. <laughs> I just like his lips. Yeah. So. Um, okay. He looks a little young to me to be Andrew, but okay. I was thinking the same thing. He looks too young. I'm trying to think of who, yeah. who would How be How old him, do you think Andrew is? I mean, yeah, old enough to be a lawyer at a business? They're in their like 30s. He's, he's in his 30s, is he not? He's 38 years old, guys. Yeah. Fuck off. He's right on target. Oh, well, he looks boyish. Okay. okay. I was thinking more of a 45-ish range. No. I was that's, not that's, that's a man. Not. Like, I mean, you know, 30s, you're still young. Not. Like, I was thinking 40s, that for like, real, Garrick. I feel like. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking Garrick would be late 40s, maybe yeah. early 50s. Andrew was young. Yeah. Hmm. Did they okay. use that word to describe him? Okay. Miss Winchester. So I picked Melissa McCarthy because she has to be a bit on the, you know, thicker side. And if she dyes her hair, she can play it well. So she she and Theo would not fit in my head then. Because she is older than Theo. 
Well, it's she's too well, funny. So Nina. That combination wouldn't work. She's too funny. Nina was older. Nina's then. only, but Nina's only like three years older, not mm. ten. There's a huge. She doesn't look there. that old, though. I don't know. Maybe. And she's not only I do funny. Like where she's you're played going, other though. roles. I, I think like she would do it very though. well. She could play. She could you know, it. the dress because I've um, well in. Um, she can white. The. Nine Don't Perfect Strangers. In. No, in Nine Perfect Strangers. Nine Perfect Strangers. She, she played. She plays the. She was the dressed writer. impeccably yeah. nice, really rich, and she played that part well. Um, she did. And you know, she's okay. not like. You know, she's a little on the thicker side, so she would fit the part of her. You know, mm-hmm. playing well, and she could look a little sloppy, but still look put together. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I could see it. Okay. Mm-hmm. See. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. But I think now I want for these change, two know. people. We're not changing Theo James like ever, so just okay, enough. Fine. Enough. Um, <laughs> uh, Douglas Garrick and Russell Simmons, these guys can be played interchangeably since they're supposed to look alike. So Matt Bomer and Henry Cavill. And okay. if you Google them, they actually have a picture of their faces next okay. to each other and they look identical. So one would have to just be a little more heftier, you know, gain weight for the role, but... They could totally be interchangeable. It's kind of freaky, actually. Matt Bowler was in that Echoes show that I told you guys to watch. He was. Yes, he was the country husband, and he was super happy. Mm -hmm. And he's played in um, some other show I watched that Jessica Biel directed that now I can't remember the name. And Henry Cavill, wasn't he Superman? Yes. Who was the other guy? Matt Bowler and who? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Oh, yes. He is a specimen. Superman. I love him. He plays Witcher. Right? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I know you guys that. probably won't yeah. watch it, but it's good. Just watch it because he's so no, hot. No, I'm not. I, he's just I tried to not. get into it. I'm not going to lie. Don't worry tried, about just... the storyline, okay? <laughs> don't worry. Don't just worry watch it. The whole fucking title so, and the premise. So put it on mute <laughs> yes. and just <laughs> note it. Just listen to him whisper. <laughs> okay. For um, for Brock, old Broccoli, I chose Zac Efron. Because okay, yes. he's just okay. the cutest little yes. handsome yes. guy, Perfect. you know? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, Although and he's going to look good in the third image that pops up is his six-packs. I wouldn't call him cute innocent. No, I love him. Um, his show's on Netflix. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have watched Down to Earth on Netflix. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't great, watched it yet. But yeah, it's good stuff. No, I like him for this. They- okay. They okay. talk about broccoli having like really perfect eyebrows and just being yep. a really beautiful man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. that's a really good pick, Rose. Yeah. 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 Good pick, Roseanne. That was a good I one. Know. Okay. No questions. Um, Mary Beth, I chose Rosamund Pike. She played <laughs> Samantha's typing furiously. <laughs> I can't handle the typing. <laughs> she played in Gone Girl. So she could be a mousy, a mousy girl, oh. but also fuck some shit up. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. She's. I, I imagined her a little, a little thicker, but um, for no reason at all. Apparently, they didn't describe her as thick, but in my head, they did not. Um, but in Gone Girl, she did like gain some weight. You know, eating a whole bunch mm-hmm. to change her appearance. So um, that was. Just I a, could see her. I could see point. this actress in the scene whenever um, Mary Beth squats down next to Wendy when she's on the kitchen floor, and she's like reaching out for her and she's just like sitting there looking at her i could see this girl doing it that was good that's a good pick i'll allow it yeah ready for wendy yeah. yep emma roberts <laughs> love it please say yes <laughs> really? she'll kill it 
she'll why, kill it. Why, why are we laughing? What did I miss about Emma Roberts? I don't even know her. Well, Vanessa's no, well, face? Just, you don't know her? Well, as Wendy? Well, because Wendy. Oh, you know what? Because she's kind of okay. going to fucking kill it. Yeah. Okay. She's a She's got psycho. an attitude okay. like no no one okay. else. What's the what's the show she was in where she was like the bitch and it was American the Horror Witch Story? Coven. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't okay. watch American Horror Story, so I that, that's that. why I didn't know her. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, she um I, Yeah. She can play a rage bitch very very well. Yeah. I could see I her saying, can. "You will call me Mrs. Garrick, not Wendy." Oh yeah. To the help, oh, I could totally her see her yeah. doing that. Uh-huh. So that Does she nice. look too much? But 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 Emma Roberts and Rosamund Pike are they too similar in appearance? In addition to the two similar husbands in appearance, like is that a little too much? No, nobody cares. No. Well, wouldn't that well, make that's... sense as to why the men are attracted to these women? But that's more Frida's fault, right? She wrote the but characters. But Rosamund's like definitely same. more mousy to me than okay. Emma Roberts. Yeah. I think they're both beautiful. So. Okay, okay, well, you're just trying to be their friends, which is not going to happen. I am not. I literally think they're both beautiful. Okay. Excellent work. Yeah. Yeah, good All right. job, uh, Thanks, guys. I love this part. It's where I shine. You guys can keep all your your narrating the book back to everybody. I'll discussions about the book. Yeah, <laughs> discussions. So the point of the podcast? <laughs> noted as well. I'm taking a lot of notes tonight. <laughs> Vanessa. Are you ready for your one-off book recommendation? No? Not um, tonight? Sure. Sure. We can go quickly because I know this has been a really long podcast. So I'm going to pick a really quick one and only this one because Roseanne has been hesitant to acknowledge this book ever since Stephanie and I read it. And I'm really hoping that the more people that read it and tell her how much they enjoyed it, the, either one, it's going to piss her off, or two, it's going to eventually encourage her to read the book. So either way, I'm happy with either of those options. So um, the book that I'm picking for this go around is actually called Remarkably Bright Creatures. If anyone has Googled this or thought about it, it is actually the story or based around the story about a giant Pacific octopus named Marcellus and his relationship to the caretaker there in the aquarium and kind of how his life intertwines and um, meshes with hers and how her family history comes into play. And it's actually amazing because the narrator uses, there's two different, well, if you listen to the audiobook, which I encourage you to do outside of just reading the story specifically because they do a good job of picking a really good narrator. Um, and for people like Smith and I, who like to have different voices for different characters, this is a good one. Because Marcellus is like this super posh, super uppity type character. The way that he speaks um, is like he's looking down at all of the humans as if they're just stupid beings on this planet. And he is just better than everybody. And so it's it's really, really funny. It's very comical. Yet it's very touching. And I it's very different from anything else that we would have normally read. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for something that's not psycho or out of control like our other typical reads this is definitely a feel good i highly recommend please go read it it's adorable you're gonna love marcellus and roseanne one of these days you're gonna fucking read this book i will i said i will okay yeah five stars all around five stars hundred percent for sure yes it is so good so if I could good. give it if more listened, than five stars, I would. Yeah. <clears throat> if you've listened to our other reviews, especially about of, of this one and kind of how and why we pick our stars, know that a five star is a big deal. This book mm-hmm. is a hundred percent 
five times ten if you could it's so good Mm -hmm. please read it Mm -hmm. very well done okay um i'm gonna throw out an oldie but a goodie book and i'm doing this based on the premise that if you like these books then you'll like this one and this is actually why i thought this book was a i've seen been there done there um so it was the last miss parish by Liv constantine it came out in 2017 and it's just another another story of a good-looking, successful couple. Everyone's envious of them, but there's more to the story than meets the eye on that one. Who has read that one of you guys? I have. That's it? I have not. I, I was going to ask, anybody read it? I have not. Oh. It's in okay. my Audible for those of you moochies who want to go listen to it. And I may so have. I don't remember every book I listen to, guys. I'm very impressed you guys do. So good job. Um, I gave it five stars back then because um, mm-hmm. oh. it was a new premise to me. So I guess when I read this book, I was like, oh, I've heard this before. So if you like this one, I guarantee that you'll like The Last Miss Parish. So that's my oldie but goodie recommendation. Is that who has train? a train near? Who has oh a train? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Who the fuck me. has a train? Guys, I'm sorry. My windows are open because the AC's out. <laughs> I'm um, so Roseanne. sorry. You know, you sound, like, you sound like Millie. You're Millie. You're Millie. <laughs> You're Millie. <laughs> Imagine loving someone so poor. <laughs> Just go move in with Brock already. Just go move in. Oh god. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Was it that loud? No, it was just funny. <laughs> I have my windows open trying to get some fresh air because it was like 95 degrees up here today. So <laughs> anyways, real quickly, I want to float through some TV shows worth mentioning that are based off books that are out. I will fly through this quick because I know you guys are probably real sick of hearing our voices by now. Maybe not mine, but everyone else's. Okay. We have to shout out the Will Trent series based on yes. Karen Slaughter's Will Trent novels. Um, are you guys liking it any any better now? I'm I, I honestly have not watched it. it for weeks, but I'm behind I'm either. Episodes. Yeah, guys, I'm super I'm so behind and I'm it. hating it. Yeah. Really? Every time I watch a new one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get into this one. And then like I get super annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. By the okay. time it's over because it's so predictable. It's so obvious mm. that the dialogue is cheesy as all get out. Like, yeah, it it is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why they it, it's it's nothing compared to the books no. and the Will Trent character and the other characters. Mm-hmm. Like it's nothing compared to the books. For all the listeners, Ooh. just so you know, Stephanie's a hundred percent obsessed with Will Trent in a very disturbing, like and I'll, I'll fist fight over him. Way. Yeah, it is. It like it is like her her love of life. The fact that they turned this show into something that's not at all following the story is very devastating mm. for all parties involved. Well, and if you you follow Karen Slaughter, like she really pushes the show. So I'm like, does she not? Does she enjoy it? Like compared to the yeah. books, like obviously she's making money off of it. Like cool, props to her for that. But like she knows it's way off, right? Yeah. Like, Karen Slaughter, yeah. check me out. I'll hook you up with some good characters. <laughs> um, in fact, just check with me before you produce your next movie because. That last show you put out, what was mm-hmm. it? The Good per- what, good Daughter? What was it? The Pieces of Her or something? The Pieces of Her. It was absolute garbage. That's a story for another time. But yeah, if she just wants to check us out and, you know, we could hook her up with some good actors and actresses to play with her next novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. The You series is back on Netflix. Um, super awesome. It's based on a three-book series series by Carolyn Nips? Kep- Kepness? I should know how to pronounce that, but I don't. Um, I didn't read the book. 
Name the movie. Sam. I don't Name think the movie. movie. Big Daddy. <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> I didn't bother to read those books. I just straight up watched the show. And um, it's amazing if you don't watch it. Well, if you don't watch it, are you like living under a rock, I guess, is what I should say. Um, uh-huh. Luckiest Girl Alive is out on Netflix. It's based on the book by Jessica Knoll. I think it came out in 2015, maybe. But it's got Mila Kunis in it and Connie Britton. It is a must-watch. Amazing actors, 10, 10. Um, for any of Tom Hanks fans, we got A Man Called Otto. And that's based on the book A Man Called Ove by Frederick Backman. It's about a, just a grumpy old man. I didn't read it. Vanessa did. She loved it. Very good. It's very yeah. good. It's cute. So it's out of movie theaters, and I think you can stream it. And a new one out is Daisy Jones and the Six. For all you hippies out there, it's based on... Um, loosely based on Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham's romance before forming Fleetwood Mac. And it's on Amazon Prime. And it's based on the book by Taylor Jenkins Reid. She wrote um, Evelyn Hugo book that we love so much. So at some point I would like to watch it. Maybe I'll try and watch that before I watch the series. But uh, that's all I have for now on that segment. All right. Well, we have our conclusion and our next book recommendation. Sammy, I'll turn that over to you. We're excited to announce to you guys that our next book club pick is On the Savage Side by Tiffany McDaniel. So please head over to our Instagram for release dates and further details about the book. And while you're there, be sure to let us know how we did. We want to hear from you, the good or the bad. And be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Well, y'all, I hope that our podcast was indeed worth the wait and you guys enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoyed talking shit. I can't believe y'all just listened to us talk for two hours. We appreciate all the support we've received. You guys are amazing. Until next time, cheers, my friends, and happy reading.